0: Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the BTR stream. Today, we are sowing discourse with raw egg Nationalist, And we have another newcomer here, Alexandra Plotnik. Welcome, Alexandra. Thank you so much for joining in all of this. And we also have our great uh, old comers, uh, uh, Delivered Morgan. And, of course, the great Giovanni Panacchietti. Bella, Bella. Mm -hmm. So welcome, everybody. All the new people who are watching this, don't forget to subscribe to break the rules keep the show running and i really appreciate everybody joining us for this anyway Let's get right into it. Rog Nationalist, you have a journal that you came out with recently. I would love to talk about the inspiration uh, for that just to uh, get us started. Man's World uh, Journal. So, uh, But even before that, though, because I know Gio's about to say, Lev, you forgot to uh, you know, do the yes. introduction. So Rog Nationalist, first before the journal, tell us a little bit about yourself and then the journal. Go for it, my friend.
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to be a bit coy about myself because I... Uh... I want to protect my identity, but, um,
2: well, oh, and by I the spent, way, by uh, the way, I'm
0: drinking, uh, your, uh, raw egg, uh, and I got two of these over here. So, and we'll get into this as well. What exactly this is, but anyway, go for it. Yeah.
1: Good man. Good man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yes, yeah, so I spent, uh, I spent, uh, more than my fair share of years at university in England and, uh, was pursuing an academic career, which, which didn't work out. Um, I've, I've done, quite a wide variety of, of weird and wonderful things. Uh I was a martial arts instructor at one point. Um but I sort of fell into fell into twist at first with a lurker account. That was called uh, I've talked about this before that was called Turning Point Quebecley Tepe. Uh which is uh to do with uh you know, I like uh, I like the reference
0: religion. Graham Hancock and all that. Did you get into Graham Hancock at sure. around the same time?
1: Uh, I saw him on Joe Rogan a couple of times, yeah, and it was uh, it was just you know like, that that's um, the just, pipeline. Yeah, that's the event. pipeline. that all starts the with radicalization uh, yes. pipeline. <laughs> yes, the Joe Rogan pipeline, like the PewDiePie pipeline. Um, uh, so yes, I was I was just lurking for a while, and then I I started. I'd been working. I was working out anyway. I started uh, seeing people talking about slonking raw eggs. Ben Bradbeck was one of them. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him and uh, uh he but he he has a great account um, and so I thought well you know i'm I'm eating all these raw eggs maybe i should uh, maybe I should be the raw egg nationalist which was phrase raw egg nationalism that I'd seen so i didn't i mean i wasn't I'm not the originator of the movement, but I've kind of become I suppose I've become a figurehead in a way because I've taken on the name for myself uh, which wasn't really a deliberate choice i mean I, I spent quite a while having very few followers. Then I wrote my cookbook um, <laughs> because there was uh, there was a bit of controversy on our side of Twitter over cookbooks last summer. And, uh, the uh, I, the sobra one. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, about the pricing and the content.
0: And... Oh, and by the way, make sure that when you're speaking to the mic, it's uh, even because right now it's kind of going in and out. Sometimes I don't know if you're moving. Sure. Or...
1: Yeah, I have a tendency to do that. I'll stay still. There we still. go. I knew it. Hmm. Um. Because he's uh, brimming yes. with
3: vitality and energy from all exactly. those raw
4: eggs.
1: <laughs> exactly.
4: How many do um, you eat a day? Eighteen. <laughs> this is all in one smoothie or throughout their yeah, <laughs> three. Three yeah. of six. Well three there
0: there six. are uh, seven in uh, these two uh Yeah,
4: it's nice. Go. It's a lovely color.
0: It is good guy. You know, well then... this this is good quality eggs. These are from um, Yeah, I would
4: assume. So you wanna yeah. get like organic pasteurized oh, eggs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You want to get grass fed milk. Yeah, is it yeah. A raw milk.
0: This is raw cream and milk, half and half, along with eggs and a little bit of uh, the um, uh, maple syrup.
4: So you, oh, it's Fantastic. raw milk yeah. and raw
3: eggs.
1: You're gonna, yeah. die.
4: You're gonna <laughs> die. You're not gonna die.
3: You're gonna die. You're, you're be going devil. to live. <laughs> <laughs> but so the the book <laughs> that, the cookbook that you're referring to, which everyone listening to the stream, please click off. Don't click off. Click an- another tab. Go to Amazon. Buy, raw egg oh, nationalist. Yes. Please there go. It there it is. Uh, independently published. I assume it's uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, just through Amazon. Amazon KDP.
3: And this is the image that you were greeted with, right? Right at the beginning. The chat. You can't read it because it's reversed. But the Chad versus the,
2: <laughs>
3: the Chad egg slonker. The Virgin meal prep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll That's get- my.
1: That's my ideology in one, in one image. <laughs> so you somewhere. were,
3: so you're in inspiration for the, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's half a cookbook and half of a, um, a thought probe into the restructuring of health uh, and masculinity through diet. I, I'm guessing, uh, not yeah. I'm guessing. I've actually read, uh, I I'm, I quite enjoyed the, uh, there, there's quite a bit of it, but go, but go please go into the, um, the inspiration for writing the rye nationalist in theory and practice cooking uh, cook good with the rye nationalist <laughs> and uh when i was a kid uh, one of my favorite shows was a uh, pasquale which you you could only you only know if you're on from ontario uh and you were italian but um yeah so go into the inspiration like what is the message of the rye egg nationalist then we'll get into man's world or as some have called uh dorks world but we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get into that <laughs> too so um
0: yeah yeah oh, look, so, we got so so I... a picture from a slash over here with his uh eggs and oj shake now i don't know about oh, the oj I, yeah. I mean we're gonna get into like all that sugar going in real quick uh, a little bit later but anyway go for it uh Rye.
1: yeah so I'd, I'd been a chef very briefly and so i thought well actually you not. Know, i could do a cookbook but what would it be about well it would be about raw eggs and i'm like well there aren't really that many recipes for raw eggs are there um so i decided that it would be a recipe for eggs in general uh, a cookbook for egg recipes in general um and then i thought well actually maybe this would be a chance for me to lay down some of my thoughts that i've been having about about uh raw egg nationalism as uh few as they were and as, as simple as they were um but anyway that was a bit, that was a surprise hit and, um, I followed that up with the second book which was three lives of golden age bodybuilders which was about three three uh bodybuilders from the sort of early days of of bodybuilding reg park chuck Sipes, and Chet Yorton. and i was kind of inspired by some reading i'd been doing in the classics um uh basically biography as a kind of biography is a moral exemplar so i was thinking of um, uh three lives by uh Three, Three Lives by Cornelius Nepos, that was it. I forget sometimes. And um, uh, one of those chaps, uh, Reg Park, had his own uh, journal that he founded. It was initially, I think, the Reg Park Journal, and then it became Man's World and the Reg Park Journal.
4: And, so, yeah, um, by the way, the reason, part of the reason why I'm here is that uh, my grandfather was a publishing magnate, and he published a number of periodicals based on bodybuilding. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, and a lot of them. And like initially, in like the '40s, um, they were sort of just about like, yeah, basically of that ilk, like man's world. How to be more of a man? How like spicy sure. stories, like kind of risque mm-hmm. stuff, especially for the time. And then gradually became, it modernized and became more about bodybuilding and modern modern bodybuilding. And um, sure. he's founder of Muscle and Fitness magazine. He's Joe Weider. Um, oh right. Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Well, yeah. 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 Not a small name then. Mm-mm. yeah one of the biggies god um but uh yeah so I did the second book and that came out and that was quite popular I don't know that it was as popular as the first one but I I think it's I think it's the best of the three books I've done actually it's the one I was, was most proud of but um I I had kind of memed myself into writing the cookbook and then I sort of memed myself into writing the into starting this magazine I did a post where I said would you subscribe if I resurrected the man's world journal and uh with some funny pictures of the man's world journal from the 60s you know these sort of um deeply deeply sexist covers that uh magazines like that had in the, <laughs> the 60s
0: well is it kind of like man's life magazine where uh, there was a man who was fighting these uh, evil ferrets they were all over his body and he was huh. ripping them off is it a similar thing or is that more like pulp adventure comics
1: uh, that's more sort of pulp it was it was like a like a magazine about sort of bodybuilding and and being more masculine basically um so it sort of sold like sex enhancement pills as well mm. had adverts for that sort of stuff but it was mainly articles about bodybuilding and sort of uh, living a manly lifestyle but the cover was always like a picture of a muscular man maybe with a an attractive woman sort of bending over in front of him or something <laughs> some, you know something like that something titular' talk
4: about uh... If masculinity is toxic or
1: not. We
0: definitely oh, should. should. But by the way, um, Al- Alexandra, um, since you don't have oh. headphones, I think I'm hearing from your screen the Discord server beeps. I don't know if that is yeah. indeed the case. Does everybody else hear them or no? I can, I
4: yeah, can, I, can, I can hear them. There we
0: go. All right. I knew I knew it wasn't me this time around. So this right. is w- this is why headphones should be bored. That's okay. Everybody I makes these mistakes. I don't have
2: headphones.
0: That's okay. Uh, I mean, you can go into settings and just uh, get rid of the yeah. audio or turn this off entirely anyway um what is i know how, uh, how could you live without discord right but anyway when it comes to you, mean you don't um, want to
3: get groomed on discord all the time every day <laughs> 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 um so yeah it, it's a lot of great things come from being memed i've i've done several paintings where people have memed me into uh doing them but man's world um it's funny that you mentioned that it started off as a meme because I feel that it has a sufficient momentum to actually become an established uh, what would you say an established space the way that you would say uh, social matter was back in the day or thermidor magazine or something of that ilk with something more explicitly what would you say practical I think is is that your aim is the, the practicality of Actually, being inspired to go and, and work out—not just work out, but actually to commit to real self-improvement—that isn't um, something that's marketed to you the way that self-help is. What is? What is your ethos? What is your goal with um, Men's World and resurrecting it as such? And that's the cover. That is uh, he. Who's the guy on the cover again? He was a French uh... Alain
1: Delon. Alain yeah, Delon.
3: Yeah. One of my
4: favorite men in the whole wide world. He's like. 70 something he's still so hot
3: he's still gorgeous he cooked Mick Jagger, is uh, if I'm correct to that hell it? yeah oh wow so kind of like uh so yeah so what, what is the the driving force behind men's world what is the
1: uh well it, I mean in, initially it was just uh it, I mean it just was a meme and it was just uh just a kind of reflection on the fact that men's magazines today are so pathetic and you know, like I can remember, I can remember reading magazines in my teens that were sort of what were called lads' mags in this country. So they were kind of like mm. the lads who go and watch, who like football and drink beer, and you know, want to see tits and arse. And, <laughs> um, page three on, uh, it's uh, yeah, the page kind of three
3: stuff. of a, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. There the was sun. like
1: a,
0: was it called White House Magazine? One of the uh, British uh, page three magazines.
1: Uh, Penthouse.
0: Well, well, Penthouse, obviously, but there was another one, I think, called White House, which was, well, I guess it was a play on Penthouse, but th- yeah, there were a couple of those. I ended up looking up this girl from, uh, well, you know Mr. Bean, right? Yeah.
1: yeah there was very, an episode well.
0: of Mr. Bean where he went to a drawing class, and he was uh, painting this nude model, so I decided to look her up. Her name is Cindy Milo, for all the people who are curious about mm-hmm. her, so check her out. She was one of the Page Three girls back in the day, but anyway... Um, it is a very uh beautifully done magazine, a lot of uh great illustrations there, and uh it did also harken back to some of the original uh Playboys back in the day as well. Would you say you also got a bit of inspiration from that? I mean obviously with the uh yeah. Bushwomen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Bushwomen. Yeah, they're not they're not Kalahari Bushwomen. They're uh it's uh yeah, yeah, that, I mean that's that's I was kind of thinking of like classic sixties Playboy where you would have the folds but you'd also have interviews with people like Steve McQueen and stuff like that. I wanted it just to have a, a kind of rugged, sort of masculine vibe, because if you, I mean, if you pick up a magazine like Men's Health today, then it's it's oh, it's just like it, yeah, it's just it's just going to be like an article about how to feel your testicles for lumps for testicular cancer, and then you know some other stuff about some other sort of woke crap. Um, Wait, so they managed to get Woke stuff
0: into Men's Health magazine? I, I'd love oh, to know yeah. how. Yeah. GQ, yeah.
3: Is that, that's the... C- can you give some yeah, you examples? I'm,
0: I'm just really curious about that because I've not encountered that. Well,
3: well, GQ was edited by, I think it was either Lindy West or someone like that. She was a part of the editing team, so that that's all you need to know. Um, they're at the forefront. In fact, I think Men's magazines yeah, had to be colonized first.
0: Who is Lindy uh, West?
3: She was the Jezebel. Um, it was either her or it was some some other big oh, nice. name in in the uh, the feminist blogger sphere w- became an editor of of GQ and uh, I think men's magazines they really did need to uh, colonize first like i I remember uh, this one it's funny you mentioned men's health um I, I don't want to interrupt you rag, but there was this one I just I ha- before I forget I had to tell you this. I was going through these uh health articles and one of them, was in men's health about how you shouldn't eat eggs because this one random study said that could potentially increase your risk for prostate cancer but the cover was like you know these boomers that want to be like hip and young and they have like the, mm-hmm. the hipster glasses it was one of these guys he had this really pouty face so it's like in my mind i immediately discredited this fucking article about uh, eggs um because of this one random study that eggs could lead to prosthetic cancer, and I just said no, this is obviously bullshit just by looking at the cover. But um, your yeah. intuitions were right. Yeah, <laughs> and same thing with the uh, early
0: mid '90s and this whole fad of low fat this, low fat that, and adding all the sugar. I mean, this is already a tired, like a dead horse in the fitness industry as a whole. From what I understand, I think like everybody is on board with the idea that you know fat is good. There's nothing wrong with fat. There's nothing wrong with fat, and there's nothing well, there's, wrong with like organ wrong meats. With,
4: like, trans fats. There's nothing wrong with like heavily processed uh, fats that are shelf stable and obviously wreak immense havoc on your system. There's a lot of problems with feeding animals that we eat trans fats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all relative. So yeah, pure healthy fats that you get directly from plants. I and think... Yeah, of course they're fine, and you know, in the appropriate amounts and in in appropriate calorie levels for your you know your height and weight, but like. No, it's, it is true that like fat isn't always good. It really depends on the quality and quantity Definitely. of fat you're consuming. But it's the
0: main fat. You know, like if
3: McDonald's, if McDonald's were to have stayed with um, frying their um, f- McDonald's fries in, uh, and beef talon. in animal and in beef talon instead of uh, canola oil, I think we would have had much, much less um, deaths from diabetes in the American yeah. inner city. Yeah. That's just my hot take. But, um, but yeah the, but
0: oh and we so... also have we also have Remus on people are asking in the chat is are you gonna show yourself today because your camera is on I don't know if that's intentional or not I don't want to dox you oh you gotta unmute yourself buddy Remus you gotta unmute yourself well anyway guys subscribe for Remus who uh has uh, showed his face sort of like on the camera right now but again like that was a warning that I said so You know, hopefully uh, everything's fine. But anyway, uh, raw raw egg nationalist, when it comes to fat, we are all on the same page. But when it comes to something like sugar, I told you earlier that it's not going to be a problem uh, if, um, you know, I put some um, maple syrup in these raw egg drinks. Now, what exactly may people who are more on keto be missing when it comes to sugar and are there any benefits to sugar or is it just a matter of you know not overdoing it and maybe just adding a little bit it's not really going to fuck up your day that much
1: uh well i mean i'm on a i'm basically on a on a keto diet i would say although i consume a lot of milk and there's plenty of sugar in milk so i don't actually know whether i am in ketosis or not but I don't um, I don't eat bread, I don't eat um, grains or anything like that. I eat some fermented vegetables. Uh, I might occasionally have a banana before I work out, maybe just one banana. So I I time I time my carbs um, so that I can use them best, you know, so that I've got some sugar in my system for when I'm for when I'm working out. But otherwise, you know, it's just uh, it's just a lot of fat and a lot of protein. Mm. I'm no great. I'm no great expert on carbohydrates. I must say. I mean, I all I know is that I feel a hell of a lot better than I did when I was eating bread, for instance. And I was eating nice bread as well. I was making my own sourdough bread, mm. you know, with the starter that I left by the by the boiler. Uh, and I just I, I feel like a totally different person. My thought processes are clearer now. Now, whether that's gluten or whether that's just carbs per se, I don't know. I mean. There's plenty of there's plenty of historical evidence, for instance, uh, from the Plains Indians and the Inuit and from other cultures that um, you can live basically a carb free life and grow to be tall and be strong. I mean, the, you know, there are regular reports about Plains Indians being seven feet tall, you know, being really incredible physical specimens. And they had to be. And they are mostly. What was that? Sorry.
4: Don't don't discount genetics. You know, no, science, no, sure. just, mm-hmm. you
1: know well the uh, the
0: Inuit they weren't uh, that tall they ate a lot of uh, organ meat I am curious about mm-hmm. their health lifespans things of that nature the they one have a
3: very they have actually their lifespan is similar to um, people you know and other certainly I think their lifespan is even similar to modern people's their bodies have evolved the Inuit to uh have very certain an abundance of certain nutrients over others which is really quite fascinating because if a normal like if a person went up there and ate their diet um the the vita i think the vitamin what what's the one that's very heavy um the vitamin a or is it a or k alone it's a would, in the liver yeah it would basically kill you if you ate <laughs> um vitamin vitamin a in, in the uh, seal liver um, a number of explorers have met very terrible fates that way by eating, uh, the one group that went up in Canada, a bear liver, uh, polar yeah, bear liver. liver. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, well, th- this is interesting though, because when it comes to certain supplements that are on the market today, people are perhaps quick, perhaps rightfully so, perhaps wrongfully so to, you know, bulk buy a lot of these supplements for, uh, animal livers and organs of other types. And, you know, they just pop those things in. I mean, you were mentioning liver pills as well in your book. So what I'm curious about is, is there something to these supplements that would potentially harm you because it's not as balanced as actually eating the liver itself?
1: I Yeah, I mean, I Vince Gironda, I think at one point was eating something like 150 liver tablets a day. I mean, he, you know, he had this, this, diet that he said it was a, called the liver tablet diet that he said could add an inch to your arms in four weeks or something all you had to do was eat 150 liver tablets a day Oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, did, but
0: did he have any problems later on in life like if we take a look at the full lifespan of somebody like that doing something like that
1: i can't remember how he died i think he died of a heart attack i think he was in his 70s at least he died in the 90s and i think he was born in I think he was born in nineteen nineteen so I think he was seventy
3: two when he died
0: um hmm. I mean it's not bad but it's not great I mean today it wouldn't no. <laughs> be considered that great but
3: uh, anyways I think before we get on to uh, actual health advice I think just g- going over the importance of uh of of man's world because like there sure. was this one part that there was this one specifically a diet dietary article where it talks about how um the the whole like people that talk about like a zero grain or carb yeah. diet that, that that was a good one because i feel like genetics yeah, does have quite a bit to play um and there, there's articles by by ben braddock and um there, there's uh, excerpts from various books published by uh, rogue scholar mystery grove mm-hmm. um Ant and and ant hill antelope ant hill. What's the other? One? I'm I'm forgetting antelope him. press. Antelope press. Yes, I, I believe they're also publishing Borzi's book uh, soon. Um, but but go go through like the the importance of why Men's World is is needed because like we've said there there is very much a dirge of actual good advice but also the selections of the various stories from figures like Yukio Mishima and ernst junger i found quite good and and the translations that you've managed to get of them as well specifically my f- favorite because i wrote this big ass essay that i'll probably include somewhere um, the original site is gone but uh, specifically dealing with um Gregor Bataille's uh, eroticism and the link between death and and the erotic and uh, yeah it was about contemporary art and all that stuff um, but that one relating to what Mishima was talking about I found quite fascinating but just just the importance of of why we need this literature because it very much reminds me while reading it of the old school playboy penthouse where it was provocative it was sexy it was you know people would say misogynist but it had interviews with cultural figures and people have managed to like isolate these interviews. You know, like the meme, right? Of like, oh, I just yeah. read Playboy for the interviews, for the articles. <laughs> but, the- but the articles were good and they were with countercultural figures. And I feel like... By including literature from people like BAP, like our good friend ZHP, like uh, Ben Braddock, like uh, hopefully yeah. maybe myself one day in, in the future. <laughs> but including um, who, who I'm missing someone. I'm missing people. Um it seems that we're in this position now where we uh, have become not in this like, you know, cringe Paul, just Watson way uh, we're the new punk rock, but it seems that there is a, a viable counterculture that needs something more tangible than mm. just a collection of blog posts, if you will. So maybe you could riff off of that for a bit.
1: Well, well that's exactly, uh, I, th- I think fundamentally, one of the most important things is to gather these things together in one place that's what i really wanted to do because it's it is it's one thing to have them on you know Oh, there's a good twitter post and there's a link to somebody's sub stack and then there's you know something else somebody's published a book um gathering all of this talent together and showing that it exists in one place at one time i think i think that's I think that was that was quite power. That was one of the most powerful things about it. I think it was showing that all of this talent does exist on our side of on our side of the internet, on our side of Twitter, and um, uh, so that I mean that is that's primarily what I what I what I wanted to do. One of the things that I wanted to do, besides just making a cool magazine, because I like reading cool magazines or used to like reading cool magazines when they existed. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, are there any cool yeah, magazines
4: I mean, out there still? Would you say? Not
1: that I can think of. Not that I can think 18 of. 18
3: Vogue. No.
4: <laughs> no. <God. laughs> no. Um, no. No.
3: They're I really. Can't there, they're, honestly, I, can't think of. I mean, even disinformation before when they stopped, even like right before they like kind of petered out, they became like mentally broken in, in, in the Trump era. But no, I think there there really isn't like a very good. Alternative like zine culture out there. Mm. It's very different. I think, like, even blog people say that blogging is dead, which it kind of is. I mean, Substack is a bit of a revival of it, but mm. it seems that there really isn't like a collective force. Like, the last thing I could think of was um, what we were doing at Thermidor Magazine or Social Matter. Uh, I mean, the American Sun obviously is, you know, shout out to the American Sun, by the way. Uh, very good, very good people, very good, you know, they've really, uh, been instrumental in helping you know newer writers but yeah you're right there really isn't a physical magazine filled with a unique aesthetic and i will get to the aesthetic part as well but yeah there there really is i I can't even think of a good magazine that this like cool and edgy it it seems that the magazine circuit is done for a large Hmm. part
4: print media in general is pretty much done all the periodicals i read now are completely online Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the blog has replaced you know the editorial you know like I'm fine with that <coughs> you know more, like, less. <laughs> yeah. well
0: Alexandra could you also tell us a little bit about the kind of content that you like to uh, consume or find yourself consuming what are the things in the you know periodicals like you said like not these physical magazines but just the articles that you read that uh, you find to have recurring themes over and over again in 2020
4: and 2021 well i mean i try to stay uh, off social media as much as i can it's really addictive but i was into twitter for a while and twitter is just a constant source of like information all these you know all these things you can read about people constantly posting things so it's just a vast sort of never-ending resource um i do follow some blogs i follow a lot of kind of literary blogs um i'm really into comic books actually um and uh so here we go uh i like foreign policy the global magazine of news and ideas metal magazine quartzy is really good um can't pronounce this one neo japanese me yeah um so yeah i have like a roster of stuff that'll i kind of go through um I don't know, it's not that... <laughs> and do you know? Do
0: you notice that there is a wave of this similar wokeness going through all these publications as well?
4: I really do. I don't think any of the sort of the places I hang out tend to be particularly woke, um, and that's by tr- by tr- my personal choice. Um, if I see it cropping up, I'll just ignore it. Um, and when you say woke, I'm assuming you mean the more sort of like.
0: Mm. oh there are levels there are gradations the,
4: the, the, the sort of the more irritating kind of like like critical race theory kind of like the the sort of stuff that james Lindsay likes to rail against you sure know, just, yeah i mean like i, I i'm more of a
0: I'm more of a fan of something that I've, uh, uh, sad to say, only discovered recently, but I'm sure uh, uh, some of you guys are familiar with, uh, I'm not going to say this correctly, Star Slater Codex, and now that there's a new one since Slate that guy. Slate Star S- Codex. Thank you, thank you, Slate Star Codex.
3: Star S- Slater <laughs> Codex. <laughs>
0: Same thing. I well, just think of Slater from Saved by the Bell, so it just uh, yeah. screws my mind up a bit. But uh, when it comes to something well, like that... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean...
3: Yeah, I mean What's the guy's name, Alexander? He does need to be shoved in lock, but that's besides the point. No, but see, yeah. see, this this is the
0: thing. here. I have a theory, and I'm curious what Raw Egg Nationals and everybody else thinks about this as well. So I think that because there was this wave of wokeness uh, that, in fact, a lot of different things, it seems to people, maybe they're right about it, but it at least seems to people who are more online that this is something that's shared by way more people uh, as far as their personal opinions go, than really it is. While really it could just be just like a loud minority, and most people, like mor- most normies, they really, they really don't give a crap. And uh, I think that this may be why there has been this reactionary um, movement against a lot of these things. But my whole thing is, is I'm curious, like... In the long term, if we're talking about Man's World issue two, three, four, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully one hundred, uh, when it comes to all <laughs> hopefully the thi- 1, hopefully one thousand, hopefully one thousand, yes. What did I say? One hundred? How dare <laughs> I? So when it comes to all these issues coming out, would there be a way that it would be like what would be a method to make sure it does not become a closed? Circle where everybody is just kind of like preaching to the choir Everybody's on the same page because for me like I feel that that's where I have my weakness if I ever feel like I'm in a point where it's like uh, Everybody's agreeing with each other, you know, either this is absolutely right or Maybe we're missing something or something's wrong. Like what would be the antidote to that to make sure that uh, It becomes anti-fragile that it's not going to be something that just becomes you know like its own enclosed system not really letting anybody in not really letting any other counter ideas in
4: well that's the internet mm-hmm. now. yeah yeah that's I, the think the, uh, I think i think because you know once oh. all right so capitalists have known for a very long time that the best way to sell something is sort of to divide people into two groups and you um, and 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 you advertise one thing to one group, and you advertise another thing to the other group, and they have to be competing. That's why in toy stores, it's very common to have like a boys' toy aisle and a girls' toy aisle. Because if they share, that means they're buying only one thing. But if you need to buy two things because they're identical, like uh, conceptually to another, then you're buying more things. I wouldn't right? play
0: with Barbies though. I don't know. Like my friend, I... my friend and I,
4: awesome.
0: I, friend and I wanted to like play pranks on the sister and like wanted to like take the Barbie's head off and do like you know
4: yeah well, that's still playing with barbie though
0: i guess but I it's more like, one like other a, thing. yeah it is go go Anyways, for it more
4: but no, but then for that reason and that extends to the internet at large politically it's like if you have more and more niches then you can sell to more and more people so if you have like you know uh if, if you live in a civil society where like Most people tend to get along. Most people, people may have differing opinions about things, but they can generally still like have a conversation, find common ground, you know? Um, That's, that creates like fewer clicks. That creates less investment. People are less willing to engage. Like fighting on the internet is big business.
0: But it is big business, but it's not just that for me. I think that part of an evolution of any kind of uh, publication, anything that people put out, I think it's something that requires people to gain experience. The only way that I see any of us gaining experience, and not to say that we aren't experienced in the things that we specialize in the most, but I really think that this is something that I try to do with BTR as well. It's something that requires a lot of you know, a lot of pushing in directions that people may be reluctant to go down just so whatever it is that people uh, think is the right way forward can be tested over time.
3: But yeah, I mean, so, so Rag, you you were saying about um, the the uh, online, not just the online world, but also uh, in general, um, what what is the sort of the, the shelling point of discourse, if you will? Like, where is what is to go forward? I mean, hmm. I just linked like this this apparently this guy's an editor of jacobin magazine so of course uh Lev, if you could scroll down scroll up mm-hmm, the, uh the food saying that it's like right-wing identity politics to enjoy uh uh red meat i, I it is kind of but it's like this yeah, but, but see this
0: is again the dragon for me like i was saying with owen cyclops <laughs> and, I, and, it, I to, like th- and i also want to get like and i also want to get to morgan but the only thing about someone like that geo is like when i see that i was like like, that definitely looks like a juicy enemy to clobber over the head with because it's but so... But it's just
3: very, like, urbanite, like, if that, you know... like it, But it's so two-dimensional. It's so two-dimensional. Very, it's an yeah. easy
0: target. That's my only point. It's such an easy fucking target because these are idiots that put this stuff out. It's an easy target. My whole point is, let's let's get things a little bit more difficult. You know, let's get things a little bit more nuanced when it comes to the e- kind but of... But even that, like, thing, even,
3: even diet itself has become another... Um, outlet of politics like you even have people in the uh in the comments i'm scrolling through about oh you're gonna give yourself bowel cancer which by the way is bullshit about meat yes uh, but uh, anyways that's absolutely yeah we keep cutting you off rag then then i want to get remus and uh, oh and also delivered morgan Morgan. he had something to say as well
0: but go for it rag
1: so what do you want me to talk about
0: the uh, online discourse, uh, Geo. Uh, you were talking mm, about sure. uh, how yeah. how exactly it's going to change, but also I would be interested in uh, you uh, commenting on what I was talking about as well about how something can gain experience over time from challenging itself with uh, ideas
1: that may be contrary to it. Sure, sure. I mean, <clears throat> my my, fir- my first instinct is that uh, anybody from the other side of the. Or from as far on the other side as I am on this side, is just likely to want to shut down man's world more than anything. That's that's my that's the yeah. I, that must that must be our our um, the main takeaway from the past four or five years that it's just about who controls the territory, who has access to uh, the means of disseminating information. So I'm I'm a, I'm a bit cynical about. Mm. About that, I, I, I don't want to be too open. Do uh, Do you think it's possible? Because it's possible that it's because the
0: kind of people that you were exposed to were against. Where, again, these idiot dragons, like the meat, the stupid Twitter thing with the meat that Geo brought up here. You know, these are sure. imbeciles, and these are not people who... But would, it's a funny you know, meme to see is. Alex Jones...
3: Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah,
0: no, no, but like, my idea is, like, if you were to bring on, let's say, for example, the Slater Codex people, I don't think it would be the same thing. <laughs> I really don't. Star yes, exactly. Like, I think well, there I mean, are people who are willing to talk. To
3: really, they have to really uh, drag themselves through the... Through the uh, broken glass right and they now fucking to, uh, will and they fucking themselves. will
1: but anyways yeah yes. yeah
3: sorry sorry rag sorry
1: go for it i mean i it's like all it's like all this stuff with campbot this is the first time i've talked about Campbot, but um you, you know like it's it's a, diff, a difference of opinion results in these kind of desperate attempts to dox people um and so i i <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to preach to the choir, but I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I am preaching to the choir, and that's probably the sort of people who are going to read Mans World. Are the sort of people who probably uh, hold the same kind of ideas that I hold, anyway. Um, I mean, I think it, I think it can have a broader appeal, but it's going to have a broader appeal to people who are inclined in that yeah. direction, anyway. Like mm-hmm. the the sort of the sort of people who listen to Red Scare podcasts and all that kind of stuff aren't going to be interested i mean they might look at it and have a laugh and you know sort of uh write some snarky twitter posts about it or report it or whatever but um
0: well, these are also uh, like big mainstream figures you're talking about. I mean, relatively mm-hmm. speaking, they were able to become mainstream thanks to certain sure. political connect. I'm not going to get into that right now. Anyway, uh, but there are people out there, though, for example, like a certain uh, I don't know, like, for example, we had a professor uh, Sean Lang, who is a, a at a David Ruskin University in uh, England. And uh, that is a pretty big university from what I understand. And he came on. We're going to have a sewing discourse with him on uh, March uh, 23rd. And this is not somebody who is like a darling of the press. He's not even associated with that. But he's a historian, a British historian who, you know, uh, has a lot of interesting uh, ideas and ways of looking at history. So it's not even for the sake of some press uh you know like mm. here is uh here is this magazine that everybody in the world should know about i understand that this is mm. more of a niche thing my only point is let's bring in people who may not necessarily be with it to be able to test sure. it out and they don't have to be like big media people at all
1: no yeah no i i would i would i would definitely be uh i would definitely be open to that what i what i worry or what i would worry in in those circumstances is that uh People like that probably wouldn't necessarily... I may be wrong. People like that probably wouldn't want to contribute because they might uh, think that the personal costs or the professional cost might be too high. To well, that's that, that's you
0: know, the because... big experiment right now, and we're not doing mm-hmm. a bad job, honestly, right, Gio? Like, yeah, uh...
3: yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And uh, he was he was really he was based in... he was really good. Um, and I I'm glad that we're gonna have him again. But and among many examples, but I let me let me just let me let me go at it in terms of the critique of man's world because you mentioned the the certain person that we've had tussles with what is the critique that um man's world is like larpy or it's featuring literature from people who are quote-unquote not serious literature it's more of like relics of the 20th century that the uh people aren't going people in MFA pro, oh they probably do read Mishima in MFA programs probably not though but th- that's not the serious literature Ernst Younger and Mishima and um it, it, that is like just the uh, remnants of like fringe right wing groups and it's not like uh it's not put it this way it's not thomas picton right so it's what do you what do you think of Thank that criticism <laughs> yeah what do you think of the criticisms that have been landed against uh, men's world or dorks world in, in particular so
1: <laughs> god I, d- I don't know i mean i i i try not to listen to them too much but i do i mean i don't i don't uh i don't see that the, the machine or Junger necessarily are. uh I mean, they're, they're they're historical figures, obviously, but I don't think that the things that they're talking about are uh, anachronistic at all. I mean, I, you only need to to read that younger piece to see that that's uh, the, you know the blood um, uh, combatant inner experience. You don't you only need to read that to see that it's not um, it's not just a period piece. It's dealing with something universal. Um, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there are plenty of people who are larpy about Junger and Mishima in the same way that there are plenty of people who are larpy about Marx or Hegel or Kant, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the intention, I think, behind it. Well, I mean, I know. I know that the intention behind it is an honest one. I'm not. Uh, I am genuinely trying to create a to create a um, a forum where where people can come together to talk about to talk about um the sort of things that men should talk about i mean that's possibly a bit simplistic but
4: what does that mean <laughs>
1: Seriously? yeah I, I, I shouldn't have said that
4: well i mm-hmm. I, I, I
1: don't know like, i uh
4: like how to check your testicles for cancer come on
1: <laughs> <laughs> no maybe what not that we're like... talking
4: about <laughs> that women shouldn't be
1: uh, I think I think it's I think it's important for there to be separate spaces for men and women for sure.
4: Yeah, no, me too, honestly. That's kind of you know there's a whole lot of debate surrounding that actually. I mean oh, are you sure, are yeah. you of the opinion that like there should be gentlemen's clubs and like, you know, golf yeah, course. courses where women are not allowed?
1: Of course, yeah, of course.
4: What about, you know, or with you know There are
0: women's, women's club women where women. men aren't allowed. Do you remember there was a big stink mm-hmm. about this New York social club that was for women and then men Entered there as well, and the women didn't and like that. The
4: idea behind that is that women need women's spaces because, and this is true. This is statistically, this is backed up statistically that women tend to get steamrolled by men in conversations. Women are generally dominated by men in many situations, including conversations, including, you know, in, in general, the, the sphere, the world in general, you know. So, women having a separate space for women. Is a feminist issue, like by and large. Like if you don't have space away from men, then
3: but the other end like the other Yeah, I yeah, that's true. But so the, the idea that
4: women can't infiltrate men's spaces where potentially the power is concentrated in some direct ways, like it's sort of in the same vein as like, well, you know, would you have a whites only space, you know? But um, then at
3: the same time, like you look at the model of the um nineteenth and twentieth century health clubs that were like male health clubs like in germany for instance mm-hmm. with that that cultivated a certain sort of camaraderie among men
4: oh yeah i, well, I don't believe i that feel like separate like gyms should be the, rooms or like well, but, the, but that's the argument
3: that that perhaps like separate gyms it, it shouldn't be taboo it should be the norm because the the motivation i feel like you know the meme of like you know you don't you don't live for women, you live for your bros, mm. right? To Meyer. Huh. So, <laughs> well, that's I'm, also the big
0: secret the men's locker rooms, that's where all the deals are made that women are not allowed to know about.
3: But then, but then, but still, but then there's the the hermeneutics of suspicion in that when you uh, can, conf- when you have sort of a camaraderie among men, sincerely it seems that the the logical not the logical but rather the gut impulse of like people nowadays is to assume it's like, there's a level of homoeroticism there yeah, like for the sure. meme the meme like the stone toss meme about yeah. like the 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 guy's miring you know the the bodybuilder mm. people in the in the comments were saying well is, are they admiring him or are they gay right i mean so, look at the Spartans. and, and you like there this, was a lot
0: of uh, you know this has yeah, happened but, but, throughout history
3: in the very
4: the very oh, first it's not really hey, terrible yeah, honestly, I don't like when people do that because it's like the Spartans were like when they were at war, you know. There's not many women around, so yeah. It's and they had a different no, different no, I I don't think
3: it's
0: just that though. A... I think it's like when you're at war, if you are with somebody who is your buddy, your butt buddy, mm-hmm. if you will. Although maybe they did it with the thighs. I'm not sure. No, they but... had
3: they had a different concept of sexuality. Like they didn't mm-hmm. view it as they did. But the reason I bring this up is because this is the very first um, the very first pages of Men's World is to um preach a message of male um i know this sounds so like academic larp male male spaces uh, to create spaces for masculinity that is about creating that camaraderie but isn't necessarily well, this suspicion of homoeroticism <laughs> and and you know again bap talks about this bronze age pervert talks about how in a way this like identity politics has infiltrated this notion of the Manor bund uh so well you can talk about this Ryan and uh alexandra but uh, alexandra yeah. you have a good point about the debate yeah. of yeah. you know this is
4: a good opportunity to think to discuss like is masculinity inherently toxic? i'm going to assume that none of you believe that it is. like oh, masculinity can. is... can i believe it uh, sense. it uh, should man. be
3: toxic maybe <laughs> well it's all complementary like uh... A...
4: stereotypical ways.
0: Like masculinity, femininity, it's a complementary thing, I think.
4: Hmm. And also, you can have masculine women and in, in, in feminine men, you sure. know, or whatever, whatever you want to call it.
3: No, you know. no femboy. This is a no femboys podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what? No catboys?
0: What about, what about no, Jules? No, no, no. No
4: femboys, no, no catboys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll that, that, that is terrible. How could you say such a thing? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like one of those old segregation
0: yeah. signs but it says no cat boys the only allowed.
3: femboys that are acceptable are the ones i follow on twitter who mm. are great artists uh such as Dandyman. but other than that no, no but so yeah if whoever wants to jump in about this uh issue of like what is a male space and why they're important so how,
1: how about do i think i mean Go for it. Go on. No, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say I, I do I think that the, the death of mystery between the sexes has been a, has been a disaster for for relations between the sexes. And mm. I think that some some attempt to restore some mystique
4: that's a really good it... point. I, I I I do I do agree. Um, there's a bit too much infiltration between betwixt these arenas and now everybody's fucking bored with each other.
1: like 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 shared
4: shared there's just a lot of sort of petty infighting and squabbling and honestly people are like way less tolerant oh fuck of um like differences i think people are less tolerant of just like somebody's different than you and you have to respect that And, and there's this sort of idea that like well everybody needs to be more the same than ever because otherwise, you know, there's no, we can't possibly get along. And, um, you know, just the idea that like there were there was once a time when men, women inhabited different spheres, uh, you know, the domestic sphere and the public sphere, and that there wasn't a lot of intersection there. And the, you know, the whole idea of like a feminine mystique, that's gone. Women show their pussies on OnlyFans, like just, you know, your mother and sisters and stuff are like on OnlyFans <laughs> right now. And uh
0: Gio, did you hear that? Your mom is on OnlyFans. Oh, Only
4: my fans.
3: God.
0: <laughs>
4: it's true. It's true.
3: There was this one tweet. There was this one tweet about uh I forget who it was that said, imagine like those kids of Zoomers, you have children growing up with single mothers who are 40 year old girl bosses and 22 year old OnlyFans. So imagine the uh, children that will be raised by those uh single moms. So um Well would yeah. they go the other Fine. would they go the
0: other direction? Because that is the other Paul Joseph Watson meme that Gen Z <laughs> is la based and red pilled.
3: No. Oh well. <laughs> uh, um
0: So no, that's not really the case uh, at all, is it, Gio?
3: Well, I've I've heard some interesting statistics, but anyways, yeah, this this whole um <laughs> but not to get off topic, but the, the this um, notion of difference is another is, is that in itself is important in terms of just even like a, a, the psychological impact of being these homogeneous androgynous uh beings that the modern world wants to create us as it, it seemed, a
4: sex generation really yeah it's exactly it, there is
3: more there, there is the the genuine death of eroticism and the mm-hmm. desexification of of people through that so yeah um I feel like I'm just rambling.
0: And a lot more uh, pornography
3: too. That's uh yeah. that's the which other thing. is ironic at the same time we have more pornography. Well, no, it makes than
4: sense. It would make sense if 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 we sort of live in a deroticized sort of world, then we need more and more stimulation in order to get off. And so you know we do it through a screen and we do it remotely and we can pick and choose exactly what kind of pornography we want to consume, what variety, what genre. There's millions mm-hmm. now. Um, you can get bespoke pornography. You can go on, you know, the dark web and get requests. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, You know, like you know what the, bespoke
0: the, pornography is, by the way. It's an erotic hotline where you call a bee and it just goes buzz, buzz, buzz no. in a very er- er- erotic way. Well, you know, I just I saw this one speaks to you.
3: I just saw this one tweet with a hundred thousand likes. OnlyFans isn't a real job. Okay, so I ju- I just bought my first flat at nineteen years old. Oh, oh well. Fans. By the way,
4: like <laughs> OnlyFans is such a pr- predatory organization like they make those the, like there's a lot of like tweets and stuff that are basically produced by the only fan like the yeah it's itself, just it's basically like, advertising hey, I'm 19 yeah. and i just bought a maserati and like because it's a pyramid scheme by the way like if you're in like the top percent and you get other girls to sign it's up
3: digital you, pimping
4: yeah it's a pimping thing it's really sick like oh
3: by the way this girl only has four tweets so mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure this not is not real
5: and, and by the way we what? also
3: we we also have. Hello, uh, I'm
5: sorry, my connection is pretty terrible, and I can I can hear most of what's happening. At, at, at random points, you guys become robots, uh, but uh, I've got the gist of it. Uh, very interesting <laughs> conversation to listen to, um,
6: but yeah.
0: Well, thank you very it's much pimping. for coming in, Remus, and we also have Brian O'Shea, SBI, back with us. Thank you so much for coming back in, Brian.
6: Hey, thanks for having me. So sorry I'm late. The snow was actually really terrible in the Hudson Valley. Uh,
0: I can imagine things are going down right now. I wonder if it's the grand solar minimum finally coming into effect. Yeah,
6: I think it's our eighth uh, eighth winter storm in a week or two. That's crazy.
0: Oh man, oh man, the shevitz. But uh, I'm really happy that you're here. You are a uh, you are a veteran. You were in uh, intelligence, and now you are a private detective, and you are a hell of a knife thrower. In fact, I'm gonna put oh. that video. I'm gonna put that video into the chat right now that uh, you sent me earlier of your uh, amazing knife throwing uh, actions. How long have you been knife knife throwing, by the way? Two months. Just two months, and already two you months, are able yeah. to. Uh, here we go. Here's the video. So I'm going to make a uh, large screen for everybody to take a look at. Here it is. And by the way, all the newcomers, don't forget to subscribe right now. Let's see. I don't know why it's so – There. hold on. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> so you just so, did that one today.
6: Uh, can I give a little background on my, my smug uh, look there? Sure. Go for it. My uh, business partner – hello, everyone. Uh, sorry I'm late. My business partner who has never thrown a knife um, to my knowledge – um, and is down in Florida, I think, on his couch. Um, I sent that to him as a mindful practice, the first one, and he said, oh, it's a little low and off to the, the left, and that, that really pissed me off. So I sent him the uh, the follow-up one, like, oh, yeah, said, all right. And that was it, so that's why I looked a little angry.
0: Well, I'm really I'm really happy that we have this opportunity right now for you to talk to the uh, Raw Egg Nationalists, because there is a feeling that I think... Egg would be able to describe better than I would uh, that people are feeling today on the internet why they are drawn to a lot of these more traditional uh, things that uh, uh, Man's World, which is the magazine that Rogue Nationalist uh, came out with right now, is bringing mm. into the table. And I want to have a conversation about this because I'm not sure if you are as acquainted with this kind of you know Bronze Age, uh, uh, Bronze Age uh, mantis slash pervert slash uh, uh, Bronze Age mindset. Uh, worldview. So Raw Egg, would you be able to describe for people who are curious about this but don't really know what exactly this is, how would you be able to describe it simply?
1: What? what uh, right-wing bodybuilder's <laughs> Twitter or uh, Man's World? I like That's the avatar.
0: <laughs> well, that, def- that definitely is simple. I'd say it's too simple. Is there any way that we could get more meat on that bone as far as what exactly that means and why do you think it is getting more in demand among uh this particular side of twitter
1: i I mean the the simple the simple answer is that it's a backlash against the uh march of progressive woke culture i mean that that's that's the that's the answer that most people would go with and i think that there's obviously some truth in that i think there's obviously people are waking up to just how absurd things are getting uh
2: in mainstream in
1: mainstream uh, i think in mainstream culture too i think i think Mm. even quite normally people are noticing
4: okay so here in my personal experience i live in i live in brooklyn which is in new york city and my personal experience of like the march of like progressive culture and such is like it hasn't been too bad like okay i go to the apple store and the employees have the pronouns and they're like on their shirt on their in their tags and it's like Yikes. My reaction oh, is like, wow, I'm really glad I live in a liberal democracy. Like, I don't know. I don't really have like a big problem with it. I think sort of the insanity and the sort of the, it, the online realm is I, I used, I've used the word realm a lot in, um, in this stream, but um, yeah, in the online realm, I think is it is when like sort of wokeness and progressivism is at its most like absurd and annoying. Um, I noticed that very early on, like circa like 2008, you know, when like all the sort of like liberal politics blogs that I would read sort of got increasingly weird and like just infighty. And people would fight over really stupid shit in the real world. Like as far as I've experienced, people are much smarter. You know, there's there's always going to be like sort of crazy, very online people, but they're going to be crazy and very online, you know. And obviously, like, the influence of things. And there's things definitely you need to watch out for. But, like, I don't know. I don't don't feel like I have, like, you know, I don't need to, like, pronounce my pronouns every time I meet a new person. I don't, like, you know, I don't need to really do much. My life hasn't changed very much, you know, in the last... Ten or eleven years, you know, when, when this like sort of sort mm. of the wokeness has
0: sort of but you could home. you could say though that you are not like a young white man. So as far as being That's a young true. white man, like what, how are all these things affecting them? And mm-hmm. there is also a tendency to also look at you just mentioned right now, liberalism. There is a tendency. Uh, I mean, Gio, let's face it. There is a tendency to look at liberalism among, among these circles as something that is untenable and something that eventually leads to this rabid wokeness, and things will only get worse from here. So, uh, like Roy, would you agree oh, with yeah.
4: that? It's not going to bite you.
0: Well, is it? I don't Do know
4: it's just an irritant that I sometimes run into, again, mostly online. The very few times I've encountered anything that's really sort of given me pause in the outside world is nearly something I can like discuss with people and they're open to like talking about. Um, and, and I don't know if I even have like a particular advantages as a young white woman as opposed to a young white man you know oh I mean, uh young white white you... women
3: uh run the earth now so very uh, <laughs> much you are in the the uh yeah
4: Yo. po-
3: <laughs> you are the face of power a, a youngish well, white woman that is the uh or 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 white presenting that would be a white good present. Uh, <laughs> be...
4: i mean technically i'm i'm white ethnic you know well
3: yeah yeah um, i I always like the but, he
0: he he laugh there was a bit of a he 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 laugh in there that was uh <laughs> That that was really cool. So uh, what? So Raw Egg, back, back to you. When it comes to this dissatisfaction with liberalism, what exactly? are people then trying to aim for not just in their personal lives. Cause again, if it was just about personal responsibility, then, you know, like, okay, like lift some weights, you know, like have a better diet. And that's pretty much where it ends, but it's more than that. It feels like it is trying to touch to something deeper, something that would aim people for a higher purpose. But yeah, I may not sure. be saying that exactly, exactly no, correctly.
1: Ex- like, no, that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I'd say. I would say that, um,
7: can can you guys hear People. me? Yes. Okay. Um let's, I wanted to talk about um a little bit about you know, the liberalism and the, the subtleties sort of which the the language sort of gets into how it impacts our our perceptions of the world and why something like the raw egg offers uh the man's world raw egg like sort of sphere offers a different sort of uh, worldview for people. And I think what it is, is that it is a reframing of the imagination. Um, because we experienced in the post-Reformation era, this really radical de- uh, de-sacramentalization of the world. And you lose a lot of the mystery and these things which really were foundational in the medieval era and prior to and well
4: i mean with this with the progress of science like our world has been mapped there's a demystification of everything because of the sort of the immense riches of information but also how we've sort of conquered the earth like basically you know, framing, the depths of, really, yeah. depth of the sea we haven't really you know we there's a lot going on down there we don't know about and also you know in the depths of space but in terms of like our planet we know where everything is we can you know fucking like fire a missile and hit it's some a remote location exactly. it's a
7: metaphysical issue
4: oh yeah it's a but a
3: metaphysical issue. It, it's it, kind of like well how about, language, right? how about okay so morgan the then yeah. yeah morgan then raw egg then um <laughs> then alexandria um and also alexandria i know Brian, alexandria well, you, you, you talked about how men dominate yeah. um in the conversation we, which we, is true and I we mean, can't forget brian school i tend to i i
4: you're louder you have like more lung capacity you pat. You're, you're physically larger like when you talk it's it, literally like you will talk over another person because a woman because women's voices tend to be higher and softer like that's just it. it's not even something conscious that you might do. alexandra
6: i just want to point out that you just talked over him <laughs> <laughs> so okay Mor- morgan morgan please finish your point and then
3: re- i feel like we're cutting off Ryan Nash, but and, morgan finish your point yeah, then Ryan it, Alexandria. Uh,
7: um, the so what, by the what, way what, what, uh, rate what the my, kind of idea
3: yes yeah, sir go, go ahead go ahead.
7: the the kind of idea of what i'm getting at is like <laughs> we're at a crux in the like post Lockean post-liberal idea where we're seeing these competitive metaphysical views of the world. It's not necessarily about the scientific aspect demystifying it. It's about what's going to fill the void of what was demystified. And you have this post like the, the critical race theory and all of these other things capturing the imagination by creating these infinite dialectics, which mm-hmm. you can chase down for all eternity and pure psychological agony or you have something like the raw isms and like other things like that which offer you a way to vitality health and these other things which is more deeply entrenched into your bodily existence and i think it's becoming so large because of the fact that it is something that promotes vitality and virility but it doesn't it hasn't reached a point of decadency and You know, where we're not getting to the point where it's like, you know, with the raw egg shakes being essentially a custard mix and consuming that on the daily, there is a real danger on a sort of spiritual sense to give into like a concupiscible uh, sort of appetite and build off of that. But I think the the ideas behind physical strength, physical conditioning and, you know, a sort of uh, meta like a, a knowledge growing, a knowledge growth basis really tapers in a lot of these, you know, otherwise frowned upon aspects of human nature. And this offers a much more appealing view to capture the human imagination in the modern era.
1: I think, I think that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah.
0: yeah, my man's just summed it up perfectly. That's exactly what it is. But then the question is, well, if that's the problem, what is the solution? That's beyond just a uh, personal solution.
7: Well, it's not. The thing is, is that it's personal, but it's also it's also built. What we have to realize is that this has been ingrained into society for at least five hundred years. Like what we don't realize is that yeah. capitalism has been so ingrained. And this is not me coming from a communist perspective, because they're, they're just a capitalist by different means. It's been so ingrained, this religion of progress and scientific method and everything like that, capitalism predates Newton, which in turn feeds into Newton's sort of cosmology and metaphysic of, you know, what is, what is the cosmos itself? And I'll just, you know, I'll be very quick on this tangent, but it's like his view of what... Uh, what space is he calls it a vacuum? I you know it's like a, a vacuum makes no metaphysical sense. So, and you know, it, what is it but the ancient concept of the aether that we proved today with dark matter? Um, the issue that we're having. Oh no! He'll be back.
0: I mean, sometimes it cuts off. So, uh hey, can I just so I don't get sure. too lost? Here. Sure. So,
6: is raw egg a movement? I'm not really that well versed on it.
3: Well it's part of a greater um, movement of esoteric uh right wing bodybuilders who are into okay. um, various sources oh, of um, uh arcane knowledge in my opinion.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our sources of our arcane knowledge all come from a capitalist metaphysic. So like what types of
6: what, what types church. of knowledge? Like
3: well certainly general? yeah, certainly Earth, there's a lot Earth's of elements yeah well there's yeah, a lot of hellenism involved. there's a lot of uh discovering um writers who were blacklisted by academic establishments there's a lot of uh i mean if you want to go really esoteric there's the whole um indo uh, european stuff but generally there is this sort of revival of looking at the body as a way to the soul if you will Mm. and there's this big emphasis on the beauty in the sort of aesthetics of being is something that can be perfected it's something that violates i would say the the liberal anti-metaphysics of sameness to say that no i will be exceptional my body will be um exceptional i mean i mean look uh, let's
0: let's just talk about the elephant in the room for a second which is that we have seen in the 20th century there were regimes who took that and ran with it and we've seen the results of that yeah but that is
3: i know it's (laughs) gonna inevitably come up but it's just so uh i don't know no no, but but it touches it touches no it touches on a
0: very important thing which is again this this dynamic of being against progress and seeing progress well, as a negative it's not
3: against pro- it's not against progress per se it's well against progress a, as it's defined certain, today you yeah exactly exactly and that's but what i want to get into well,
0: like what is the progress that is defined today that is seen as being the wrong way forward and what and how be, can
3: and how can lifting weights help me destroy liberalism how well here
7: there we here's, go that's
0: what i want to get into
7: yeah here's a deep part of it and Lev, this is important and i'm going to reference some. Um, Pius XII's sor Sorge, where um, he uses a very specific word in reference to the German people when he was doing the denunciation of Nazism, and that word was Volksgemeinschaft, and the I can't put a precise definition on it because it's very rough to translate into English, but the essence of that work was a refutation of, like Gio said, liberalism's anti-metaphysic of sameness, but not an extolation of one particular group over another, but rather giving to each group what is properly due to them by their human dignity in accordance with, you know, God's will or God's law. And, of course, this is coming from a Catholic background, so that those qualifiers have to be in place. But the the larger part of this is... Not necessarily a, a, a viewing of the body t- as a gateway to the soul, because I think that's a, sort of like th- this uh, antecedent Gnostic idea, but it's rather by developing the body to, attu- to um, get to the capabilities of which it once had, man is able to grow to a greater attunement with the spiritual life. Hmm. Because we are so, I've mentioned this in I think one of my first talks on this show, is we are so far removed from our physical capabilities, from the ancients, from the, I mean, shit, even the 19th century. We're so far removed and so much less capable that any form <clears throat> of development of this seems to hit a brick wall when we're talking about this um, this idea of, what progress looks like on an individual basis?
0: I would uh, be very interested. Does that make any sense? It uh, well, it does make sense. But I would be interested in uh, Brian's response to that because Brian, from what I know, you are uh, more in the uh, libertarian leaning direction. But uh, would you have a reply to this kind of uh, this kind of system?
6: I mean, to me, and 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 I do apologize. I, I was just invited recently, so um, but it, just sounds to me like common sense. I mean, if you, and I I agree with uh, the body being the gateway to the soul, but I I would say more of a balance is a gateway to the soul uh, sharpening your body, sharpening your mind, sharpening your relationships. Um, And to think that anyone would think the focus on, you know, making your body as as perfect as you can with what you've got, that to me seems like not progress. That seems like regression. So, And, you know, I think even if you go back, I'm, you know, I'm Catholic um, or raised Catholic. And if you really look at the Bible or a lot of religious texts, I mean, they they kind of have health manuals in them. So, you know, things like, you know, fish on Friday or fasting. Um, They didn't have refrigeration back then. So it makes sense that things like pork wouldn't be eaten, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, it seems to me that you know, these things were already built in. And I think everyone knows, and there's probably numerous studies out there, um, that, you know, brain, you know, brain activity is greatly enhanced by your, you know, your physique, how, how healthy you are. So I would say that, you know, not to go down this rabbit hole, but I would say that anything that speaks out against um, doing the best you can with the body you have and getting it as perfect and exceptional as you can. Anyone who speaks against that probably wants to subjugate you. That, that, that'd that be my guess. Um, I,
3: oh, wow. I, oh, yes. Yeah, so that is, I mean, there's plenty of people who even say that, uh, you know, this type of endeavor of bodybuilding is like this terrible... Um, it's fascist. It's fascism, yeah, well...
6: Bodybuilding, right. wow. Um, well, that's because they either, A, you know, it maybe it was some dude that lost his girlfriend to a bodybuilder. I mean, you, you just never know what the, yeah. the motivation is that best starts it out. I mean, he look lost at the, most, Chad. Mm.
3: Yeah, but, the
0: Chad. Yeah, but if I can um, take it a step further, though, we're not just here talking about individual cultivation of one's body or even somebody okay. reading uh, a magazine that would inspire them to get better, you know, inside and out. What we're still talking about here, though, is I think that there is a tendency in people who are reading a lot of this stuff to think like, man, like it sucks right now. If only we had some kind of a political system that would enable more people who may not be as like we were talking about yesterday, Brian, not as individualistic to lift themselves up, that we would have a system wherein people would be able to be lifted up in the same kind of uh, movement now i don't want to i i don't want to make something of this that it is not so i want to make sure raw egg nationalists <laughs> would you agree that that is kind of uh, also something in people's minds when it comes to improving society that they do long for some kind of an order that would enable people to you know get their shit together basically but in not an individualist sense but more in an organized political sense
1: of 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 course i mean i think there's a there's a very one of the primary aspects of this whole movement is the fraternity of people who are involved you know and that's i mean that's one of the things about man's world is that it's like i mean maybe one of the criticisms is that a lot of the people who write in it are my friends online well maybe so but there's there's something to be said for the virtue of doing of loyalty and of doing things for your friends, you know, and they just so happen to be good writers as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think it is a, a it's simultaneously individualistic and anti-individualistic. Yeah, I, I would definitely
7: say that. Can, can I expand off of that real quick and talk sure. about something that uh, Alexandria was mentioning earlier when we were talking about, like, the discussion is masculinity toxic. And I think one of the things that is to be considered in mind is that every aspect of human nature has an end. And what we've seen over the last, you know, uh, 70 years now has been a divorce of these um, subjects from the human itself. And so I think it is a fair question whenever you say, is masculinity toxic, and I think the in my estimation, the answer would be, it, in its isolation, yes. Because masculinity, separated from its natural ends, which would be for the love and service of another, be it a wife, be it a flock, in, a, in the case of a priesthood, or be it you know for your neighbor, like. And I think this is kind of what like Raig's getting at with like he's talking about these people who are his friends writing these articles. It's not necessarily a a form of uh, the toxicity comes from the isolation of that aspect of the human nature and the development of it in isolation, because then it removes that aspect of masculinity from its natural end and makes it something very abusable um, in a very real way that has come back on a lot of women and you know other to, men as well
4: the commodification of masculinity and you know, the idea that we yeah, be being sold a brand of masculinity that is unhealthy
3: well that's that's another yeah, it, topic of criticism that i wanted to bring up is that what, what is this the difference between an authentic mass expression of a hyper masculinity and something that is well i mean toxic is the lingo but let's just say um a caricature of masculinity because it seems that there is a overt focus on the strength and power of the masculine, but that has to, I feel um, become more meaningful mm-hmm. by being integrated within a larger whole and the strength that we talk about, hopefully would be different than just the, you know, caricature in people's minds that, you know, of, of talk, when they say, you know, toxic masculinity, but then that's what I mean. I guess that's the question of LARPing, right? Like, what is the authentic from the LARP? Like, what is treating masculinity as? some kind of mmorpg game and what is it well hasn't hasn't it always been larping right? to a certain
0: extent maybe back in the uh good old well, days as well like people were playing out certain characters a la shakespeare but also don't forget to subscribe all the new people who are watching this right now subscribe right now <laughs> but anyway Rog, i would love for you to uh comment on the geo's uh geo's uh, question
1: yeah, sure. I mean, the the, the LARPing, LARPing thing is uh, something that I do think about a lot when I'm, you know, producing any of my content, really. And some, sometimes I do step back from some of the stuff that I do. I mean, it, it, I, I, I suppose you've got to distinguish between um, LARPing and just having an ideal. And I think that obviously having an ideal is very, very, is very, very important and, you know... Uh, I don't think when you're when you're aiming towards an ideal necessarily you're LARPing. Um, I think I think LARPing is it's it's hard to define. I mean, you know, LARPing, you know, LARPing when you see it. but it's actually quite hard to define it. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't want the magazine to be. Like a parody of masculinity where it was just a t- total focus on the body and you know like muscular bodybuilders and all that kind of stuff i wanted it to i wanted it to have a like a genuine intellectual core as well mm. um and to be Thanks. to be balanced um
4: in my experience marping is uh it, you know it, it's a game you know it's essentially like you're taking the piss you're just playing around it's know not you're not being very serious about it if you take it very seriously i think it's gone beyond larping and into a lifestyle
0: yeah but as far as there's there's,
1: no i was just gonna say i mean part of the problem i think is is that it's difficult today not to look at the great masculine let's say the great masculine examples from the past and feel a certain sense of inadequacy like it's quite obvious that very few yeah. men, probably no men today, measure up that favourably against Julius Caesar or against yeah. Alexander the Great, or even against, or even against more minor examples uh, from history. And so there, there is—it's almost like there's unavoidably an element of ironizing that goes into worshipping, or, or even, or even just looking at these people for for, um, for an example, because it's it's so obvious how far, in a sense, we've fallen. From their position. But also,
0: technology makes it so that certain positions that back then would have made a lot of sense to have a Julius Caesar in that particular mm. role, today I doubt that that particular system would uh, work. And uh, it was also compared in an article I read recently to trying to run like a modern Windows computer on like Windows 3.0, uh, or run modern programs on uh, Windows 3.1. It's like certain things, they are there for their particular time, and they're really effective at that time. Like, world leaders that existed, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, they would have been considered to be like, um, if, you know, today they would be considered to be bloodthirsty dictators, but we don't judge them by today's standards, we judge them by the standards of the day, wherein they are respected, you know, respected kings like Alexander the Great. I, I I think,
5: I think, well, I think the differences between that's the point also is is like we don't look at caesar and go man he was such a great administrator we look at caesar as a guy who took the roman empire like that that takes a certain type of man to do that you can't just that's the difference is i i think mo- modern men most modern men wouldn't measure up to mm-hmm. literal bum farmers back in the day like they would it would mm. destroy your life. We
0: we should we should no, be a little bit I, careful I'm not even though. Joking. We should be a little bit careful though uh just harder. To, ju- they just have to be a like hard life. sure they, they, they are have, harder. They actually
5: have to do stuff.
0: But as far they, they as far as thinking things they they have to Imagine
5: imagine that. No, on a imagine living a world where if you break your leg mm. you die. Yeah. Um if if it's it just makes you different. So that's what I mean. It's not necessarily that they're they're herculean gods that's not what i'm talking about they're not they're not arnold schwarzenegger that's created by the technology that is a gym and all of that it's that they could they could could unironically kill 10 arnold schwarzeneggers because that's their life
0: that's true and
5: with a with a shovel with a shovel not a weapon and
0: uh, i mean i I don't want to go all joe rogan here but but a chimpanzee would be able to kill them as well Yeah, exactly. Tonight exactly. so even
5: um... there is the degradation. But true. It, like, the, yeah, the, the, I mean that was another conversation point, we were talking the point, about
0: before. But
5: the, yeah, the point is this is, is that they can they they did stuff that we can't. That's why looking back at them is like, yeah. damn, what have we become? That's that's the real well, point. I, want, plus, I wanna go I wanna like, go to man, he was a really good king.
3: Well well then Brian you had something to say?
0: You know what I
6: mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that um it is uh, entirely uh disregarded uh the the physical capabilities of let's just say you know for the sake of this conversation men i mean if you look at the average ceo's height in america it's six feet tall and they tend really to be, yes yeah. the oh, average height is six feet tall and if you get i wanted to say get out of the united states just around the united states so in my job i i well now i drive everywhere because um, i'm not wearing a mask for six hours um but the um Every you know, so I work on a Native American reservation um, for a very uh, wealthy company, and it still comes down like the the COO, the guy who is running all the you know cattle herds and the, the you know the people that handle the cattle, and they have a tobacco plant and a concrete uh, company. They do half the Northwest concrete and asphalt. He, he's a he's a really tough guy, and he's he you know, they wouldn't know what toxic masculinity was. They would just call that misogyny or you're an asshole and you get fired if you talk to uh, anyone in a, in a shitty way. Um, but the thing is, he's well-respected by men and women because he's, he's fair, he's understanding, he's empathetic. But also, you, you know that, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there, a lot of them, where you kind of have to be able to physically handle it yourself or you won't have the respect of the crew. Um, you just won't, even if you're the boss. And I've seen this play out so many times. And so, and out there's one of them, uh, you know, on ranches, which are big. I mean, all our beef comes from California, Texas, uh, you know, parts of the Northwest. You're not, you're not running. You're not going to be a cow boss. If you cannot do, um, if you can't rope a cow, if you can't ride better than everyone else, if you cannot kick someone's ass, who gets in your face to, to put it bluntly, and they, they don't care. Um, so I, I I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that 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 looking towards a Caesar type figure is completely dead everywhere. I would say definitely in more gentrified industries such as um, you know programming or coding, and which is why it's absurd when I heard them say that the coal miners can just learn coding. I don't see that ever happening. Yeah. That's just not. And so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disregard it. And then there's also when I was in um, I was in a unit called First Special Forces. I was not a Green Beret. I was a military intelligence detachment. But we went all over Southeast Asia. And you had to show up looking like you could rip someone's head off constantly. Because these, these there's a lot of cultures out there that very much still do um, look, they, they look at you first before they get to know you. And they've already made their judgment. You could be the nicest, nicest person in the world. And this is men and women, too. It's not just men. Um, but if you look like, hey, if we get out in the jungle, I could probably kill you and take your really cool American M4A1, that, that's probably going to happen. And you have to show up ready to looking like a Caesar, if you will. So that, that's all I want to say.
0: Now, that is a good point. And another thing that I... Uh... Find like looking throughout history is is it not the case that people have always been saying like our generation sucks like our fathers and our grandfathers they were much better than we are like isn't that a continual thing
3: and no no well the, the boomers were the first to say the opposite that they're the best ah yes and, that's uh, right uh, the go.
0: fucking boomers that uh, that, is, that is true
5: that is true that is the case every basically every Roman generation did this they pretended that their ancestors were way cooler than them and the new people suck even they even every, thought of that every true. dynasty so, in
3: China they, as well. Oh, they, is...
5: they thought they thought that about Caesar, in fact, when yeah. he was a young man, because he was he was very foppish and, and uh kind of like um new he was new rich in a way. Well he was old family, but they, they he, flaunted him. He, their he money wore these a like a
0: long, longish robes, which yeah, was considered to very be like long bad long boy togas. style.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was <laughs> like uh he was a, yeah, he was very much a like flamboyant David. He Bowen was like John shorty yeah,
6: sure. <laughs>
5: okay. But then he was also at the same time a you know a vicious general right so these things weren't um it it wasn't impossible to be both Mm. in their world that's what's kind of interesting about them right in 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 that they they handled you know in this conversation about the masculine they handled masculinity in a very different way like the the way that they thought of being a man was different essentially you had to prove it like it wasn't you could not talk about it you had to just like
6: be and and then i would say then you can be as weird as you want oh and go the way i love that avatar i was gonna say too There's, you know, especially with with, uh, Caesar and the history of Rome, I think things were looked at, it's very much like Manhattan and northern New York where I'm at, it's two different worlds. And so I, I, you know, from my recollection, it's rusty of of Roman histories, what was going on inside of Rome was a lot different than what was going on in the Roman Empire, because as as you, you definitely would know, what were they called, the Federate, where they would envelop like a local culture that they conquered, so he kind of had to be show on the battlefield that he was a bloodthirsty killer, you know. Because a, it's battle; we kind of have to kill the other guy to win. And um, b, a lot of these people didn't even speak their language, so they're seeing every every assumption they're making about Caesar. They're they're making it with how the how the other soldiers respect him and how he handles himself on the battlefield. Whereas it, it had to be. Really difficult, I think, when he had to go report to Rome and t- tell them what was going on. Uh, you know, because he was probably pulling. I, I and I've been there. like I've I've, I've gone and when I first got out of the military or when I was in the military and I had to go speak to um you know like uh, some uh, law firm in, in New York. It was really difficult because I was in battle mode, and then you have to transition out of battle mode into. Uh, you know, uh society mode, and so he was doing that constantly, just crossing the walls of, of Rome. And you know, if, um, unless I'm incorrect, but that's how I understood it. Well,
5: another
0: thing that yeah, I would love you to can't um,
5: go on. Remus? Couldn't be a soldier in Rome as soon as you as soon as you came in, you're a civilian automatically. Mm-hmm. So, like all whatever privileges you had mm. are gone. uh you, you have to disband your army. Nobody could be
0: armed that kind of thing that, that was police. the whole crossing the rubicon um, thing that's why that was such a big mm-hmm. fucking deal
6: i mean can you imagine it, them? It, like you just exactly. done like fighting like barbarians for a year and you, you know eating, gen- done genociding the celts yeah you know, eating raw, <laughs> eggs, eating raw <laughs> eggs by the fire you came back you know, from, from and... germania and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah i wonder yeah, if they did eat, sudden... did eat
0: raw eggs back then like would they have considered that to be a uh, kosher the, uh, ancient I think they would have considered
6: it to be uh, efficient.
0: <laughs> Pro- probably. But, but today, the environment that we have, though, is like, people are talking about, you know, Oswald Spengler's book, Decline of the West, and I think that people... The perception is that even though people may have said back in the day, like, oh, our forefathers were much cooler and better than we were, the perception is right now, like I talked about this in the last China episode that we did, that people are afraid that we're a lot more, uh, a lot weaker, a lot more childish, and that eventually if we don't have some strong leadership something's gonna give way so again i am all for for example like with a man's world magazine people being able to meet each other and help each other grow you know get families and you know do things that would help out their neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff what i would be against though Is something like this repeating other things that have happened uh, in very recent history where people gather around and then think, you know what, why don't we make this thing like full political and start gaining support and then institute a top down regime that would make sure everybody eats their raw eggs and, uh, you know, builds up their body and all that and uh, since you're a libertarian brian i'm curious like what your thoughts are on that because that mm-hmm. is the wave that people are concerned about when it comes to movements of such a type and i'm not going to ignore that shit either you know sure. like I'm-
6: well there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of hypocrisy for those people that are, are scared of that because they're usually the ones that are uh, you know calling for top-down rule and telling you how much salt you can have in your diet or we're telling you what you can say on Twitter, so it, it's not. I think that they're worried about that. They're worried about being unseated, in, in my opinion. Um, and but I, I'm against anything that's going to tell anyone how to be and to be a certain way, or you're wrong. Um, and and I really feel that um, when we go against these things or force these things, we're going against nature. I, I think I think men as a, a gender have to as children get outside and, and wrestle and, and and do things and bruise their knees and everything and even even my own son who's nine uh, when he when he, you know he's learning how to ride a bike recently um, well, when's when he, he gonna his... learn
0: to uh, throw the uh, throw the axe oh and... he's he's
6: already he can he can throw he could do a no spin throw uh, at about four feet it was pretty good Nice. but um no, also the...
4: need to
6: be physical I'll, I'll also yeah. it. Uh, definitely share that link, Lev. That guy is awesome. That's what I learned was from that dude on YouTube. Um, but the the thing is, like, what I find is that, you know, people who are telling anyone how to, like, I, I think it's just as impressive if, um, you know, like, my sister was severely crippled and she <clears throat> bumped the trend and she was, obviously she can't be a bodybuilder, um, but she you know, did things that blew my mind, like she left home, uh, went to college, she got a job, she got married. Um, and that's impressive to me. So I think anytime you have a system that defines uh, certain parameters, uh, you know, whether I agree with them or not, but anytime you try to force everyone into to one particular mold, however, h- how unspecific that is, that that's not going to work for everyone. And that's why I'm always advocating for Be the best that you can be and don't try to tell anyone what their best is. Their best is is Mm. up to them. Um, But I would also say to the people that are thinking this is, you know, um, how America is and it's the decline of the West, I I think they need to to leave their studies um, that they're doing in the cities and and go to uh, all the states in the union because it's a lot different every state you go to. It's a lot different just going mm-hmm. from. I lived in the West Village for four years, um, and I'll tell you, there are some pretty pretty effeminate guys. I'd say that I would not. Did mess you go with to the uh,
0: Equinox in the West Village by any chance?
6: I, I I've been to it a couple times. It was very. It wasn't my wasn't my scene, man. But, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a good gym though. It has a pool. That's a, that's a There's too many, there's too many floors. Like for instance, like I don't like having to go three floors to get Isn't to my that elliptical. Good, good for then... the legs though. No. Well, I use the elevator. But it's okay. in New York. Who, who, who uses stairs? <laughs> well, I'm not,
0: I'm certainly not going to judge you for uh, using, using the elevator. Uh, but I, I would
6: say real quickly, Lev, when Um, sorry, I'm very talkative because I've been in the woods alone with a fluffy little dog for many months um, named Mushroom um But the the thing is, what I noticed is when the pandemic happened, we had some young people show up here. They you know they had to leave college and and they'd grown up in the city. They you know they didn't have their licenses yet because they'd grown up in the West Village in New York and Lower Manhattan. And at first, when you see people come up here, they're like, oh my gosh, and then uh, look, is that a spider? Is that what is that thing? And, uh, and then give it a month, and I could see like just the strut would happen and they're out there like, you know, chopping down trees and they loved it. They loved it. And all of them miss it and they always come back and they all want to come back. So I, I guess I'd leave this with, before I could even, you know, ask anyone what their judgment on the state of men in, in the country is, I would say, go, you know, go walk, go do something that you've never done before with other types of men and see how you like, and, and women, I, I'm using the term neutrally. But, um, and see, you know, just see what they're really made of. Because CNN, for instance, is like toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. But then they did a whole report on why, um, you know, Biden's more masculine than Trump. I mean, you know, but so a lot
0: of it. But but see, that's the thing. Oh, and then Alexandra, should... she she had her hand up. But go on. it. Yeah. that's all
4: I. Oh asked. no, I just wanted to say like that was me. That was um, that I grew up in the West Village <laughs> sorry, just. Uh...
3: <laughs> but see there used to be a number of hippie publications back then like uh like uh the village voice and all that that have been destroyed by forces of capital but no it seems that what to go back to the question of larping it ties in this sort of uh selection the selective granting and then withdrawing of masculinity by uh the media the culture industry it seems that even to me when i think of masculine larping i'm thinking of taking what is ostensibly symbols of masculinity and, and de them and, and turning them into consumer products. So for example, uh, people on Reddit that like use, uh, I'm not casting shade. I've used it myself, but people that use like beard wax and people that talk about, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like bacon and what is another thing like they basically take these empty symbols of masculinity and they redditify them and they Spake, turn them into grilling yeah uh, grilling uh, um yeah, I love grilling.
5: Uh, even yeah. even even lifting weights in, in and in a way can be made this way there's a there's a lot of things that can become redidified by, by yeah like, there's a certain look, air look, to it
3: like you know how
5: it, it just becomes yeah. an archetype yeah that that's the larp it's the difference <laughs> between that and
3: having a, a see. yeah people that like work for tech companies that buy like a ford f-150 or something like yeah that
5: they're is, awesome it, it's, it's awesome. Stat, they're status signaling it's status yeah. signaling rather than like necessity it's not practicality they're not doing it because they need it Yeah. They're oh gomer because... said
0: uh manscaped that's another one
3: manscaping yeah, like that exactly. the whole thing about like
0: dr squatch
3: yeah, shaving the your hole. balls with
0: this trimmer, yeah. is- <laughs> and, and also I don't, I don't think that's very masculine. <laughs> and uh, ma- what about man yeah, cave? Not- there was another term. No, man no cave. Man cave. <laughs> there you go. That yeah. yeah. Because- I,
6: I-
5: if you're too. a man, man cave is-
3: your whole house should be your kingdom. <laughs>
5: man cave is the ultimate so- <laughs> manifestation of this. You're, well, you're right, e- even
0: even worse though, not just the man cave. Do you remember that post there, uh, on, on 4chan the, the, with oh, like a bedside? like a video game station that the wife allowed the man to get? <laughs> you know, just like and the
3: guy said, I had access to adult money. That's why I could build this rig. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, that's like
0: do? in Japan. In Japan, the wives give the husbands a certain allowance for the week. Oh, to oh, us, that's boy. always been the yes. case. They used to. They- they- Keep in mind that only on edge,
3: literally, literally 60 years before, 70 years before, they were uh, invading Manchuria and uh, well, it was slicing
0: people's skin off and doing all of the noble bloodlines. Yeah, the that, that, that's that's, that's so noble. Like slicing people off, uh, treating them like logs. Well, I'm not. I'm not defending <laughs> Japanese war crimes. Just a little rape and But I'm not defending <laughs> that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but back to back to raw egg. Uh, back to raw egg. I'm curious. Well, about... actually,
3: Ale- Alexandria had a point. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, then very <laughs> the very
5: fine Nanking Raper.
3: The Nan Ring Rape Graper, 1776. That would be a Twitter handle right now, I'm, I'm assuming. So. A-
0: Alexandra? Yes. You, Gio said that you had something you wanted to say. No? Okay, then I'm going to go. No. Okay, no, then I'm going to go to Raw, raw oh, egg. Then Raw Egg. So, yes. Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so, so, Raw Egg, what I'm curious about. Lev, the way or, you said that was pretty. Uh, I don't know. What? Uh, what? What, what? 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 Okay. Trepidus? Yeah, <laughs> oh. <that's good. laughs>
2: Okay, (laughs) Ryan, when it
0: comes to uh, England, what is the situation there? Because I I agree with uh, Brian when it comes to I really think that a lot of people who are very online end up treating Twitter like it's the world. And mm-hmm. making, you know, thinking that a lot of these extreme leftist viewpoints that come out, that this is the world, and maybe it is to some advertisements, but that doesn't mean that a lot of the normies are going to swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Part of me thinks that the normies don't really give a crap about all of this. They just want to grill, for God's sakes. But tell me, like, your experience in England from the people that you've met and talked with, is that the case there?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I live in a rural area. Um, and it, it may not sound like it, but I have got one foot in the working class uh, mm-hmm. in my family. Um, so I, I've grown up around manly men, men who do tough physical jobs. My dad does a very tough physical job and he's a very tough, he's a very tough man. Um uh and yeah i mean i would i would say that the majority of people in the countryside that you encounter on a daily basis wouldn't have any truck whatsoever with with uh wokery as such i mean you've got like a middle class component professionals here people who have mm-hmm. come down here from the city or people who have second homes here and there they're more likely to be reading you know leftist newspapers like the guardian and they're familiar with corporate hr culture and stuff like that but the average i would say the average working person down here is um is definitely uh is definitely very different from the sort of uh person you might assume yeah and right i would agree with
6: you that it's the same way here and i just got to say like in private security and then executive protection i only worked with brits because they were badass and uh same with the australians and the south africans um and not not that the americans were not they were just a bit too loud um but the the thing is it's that i think and i wanted to ask you if it's the case in england raw egg um what i find is when i ask people when i go out to uh the reservation out in washington and i'll ask people like man what do you think of that thing what happened with ocasio cortez they're like i don't know what what the fuck you're talking about you know, because they're not—they're not—they uh, don't have time <laughs> to be online all the time. They don't have the kind of jobs that afford them the ability to sit there and tweet uh, in the middle of the day. Because and a lot of them don't have the connectivity. Because you know, especially if you're out in in some of these—you know—if you're on a construction site and your foreman catches you tweeting, you're probably not gonna have a job. So I, I think time is a lot of it too. Like, they don't have time for this this, this stuff, you know, like they, they've got a job to do, they gotta get home. When they get home, there's a lot of work to do there. And, um, and this is not just ranchers and construction people, but it's just everyday people who are, you know, in more blue collar jobs. Right. And for me, I've seen, and I grew up in a very working class family. Um, and I always try to picture my dad, uh, who you know he's no longer with us but i always try to picture him like reading a tweet and and i could just hear the expletives coming out of his mouth like <laughs> what a bunch of what a bunch of nonsense this is you know, so.
3: i come from very similar backgrounds to you two in my part of ontario and niagara it seems like the same mostly like semi-rural suburbia but also like a lot of people like especially boomers who retire in toronto mm. they'll move here and buy a mcmansion and it's like the same nonsense but at the same time i feel that when it comes to construction like my my old man owns a small concrete business there's this weird sort of the one of the rare intersections between people who would be considered middle well here in north america it's different when people in england say middle class but it's like roughly the same like between the middle class and the working class there's these Mm -hmm. intersections i i think that there could be a potential for and again i think this is what the Men's world magazine's doing is there's this potential for um embodying the values of the working class but not not larping but also being a bit more um more like intellectual or big brained like in contextualizing that experience of being you know part of the working class more than just an average person who is working construction or working of uh, physical mm. manual labor i feel that there is a unique space there that has to uh, come about that is almost forgotten because there, people even people that i knew when i was in university that have a similar working class background that's people like justin murphy talks about this about what it means to come from a background within, for example, academia. And he was a tenure professor, right. In England, um, coming from America. And he said, you know, it's like, it was strange because all the people I was with, they, it's like, you know, I have family members who are in academia and I come from that white, you know, but white collar, um, urban center type of existence. And so like, for example, I had the same experience. Right. So I feel that, these type of publications, what Men's World is trying to do is to bring sort of a more cerebral approach to interests and uh, attitudes that you would find among blue collar people, that you would find among more masculine, uh, archetypally masculine people within um, the working classes. So I, I think that's an often neglected space because it seems that the, major- the vast majority of, especially academia, is dominated by... Um what we call the bug men the bug yeah. the bug people. <laughs> <laughs> the, well well people. as far as the so it, as yeah. far as the concern <laughs>
0: about the bug people, there was a great comment that our great patron, twenty dollar patron, Lance Odette made here in the chat, and I want to read it out for everybody, because this, I think, really goes to the other concern that people have, which makes them react not only, again, to progressivism, wokeism, but also to liberalism, where they see that if not for liberalism, it wouldn't go down this way, and is there any way to avoid going down this way? Well, anyway, here is the comment, and I would love for everybody to comment on this. So, and also, everybody, please subscribe right now. By the way, let me just... uh, there we go. We have a we have a newcomer by the way right now. It goes to So one, one second here. Uh blah, 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 blah. okay, so uh one second, one second, one second. So we had Thad Ascendant coming in all the way live, so I just want to bring him bring him in here. Hello Thad. Thank you so much for coming in. So here is the comment. And I'm curious what you think about this too Thad. So <clears throat> every major network of government committees are dominated by a language of equality slash equity law and a fair handful of what you could call activist woke. So even in a healthy masculine society, there are changes being made top down that echo the globalized liberal agenda. Wokeism IRL isn't out of control. It just gets legislated and things slowly get worse. So it's prudent to treat it the way we do uh so even with a healthy working middle class good economy etc we have hyper progressives managing school board committees government employee union boards stuff like that so uh there we go that is the comment and uh uh well since this is uh your episode rog nationalist i would love for you to uh comment on this first if you'd like sure
1: sure I i do think that there is a like in a lot of revolutions, there is a revolutionary vanguard at work, and I think that's sort of that's sort of what he's pointing to, I suppose, in a way that there is a, that there is a small group of people who are legislating for this kind of thing, uh, and that everybody else sort of follows in the wake of their of their uh, legislation. I mean, where I, I would say that, yeah, where I live and where I've lived most of my life, then it looks pretty much the same as it did when I was five years old. Um, uh, and yet, and yet, at the same time, it is undeniable that the political climate and the social climate in this country has changed massively in my lifetime. Even if, even if the you know the, the rural area where I live hasn't. So yeah, I can I can see that that what he is saying is that that is probably that is probably the right way to think about it. And, uh, to disagree with you, Oh, to yes.
6: disagree with you for a second. So
8: I, I don't think that this is actually a matter of top-down legislation. This is bottom or middle up. And this is an observation that's been pointed out by Victor Davis Hansen. it's a Jordan Peterson one as well, but it would appear that progressive ideology is extremely good at pumping out middle intelligence bureaucrats that go and latch on to our institutions. And depending on who you want to listen to, neither of those men make this generalization, but the stereotype from like the BAPA sphere is the middle management female with a sociology degree who is going to go run HR for a tech company. And what you have there is the first person that goes through the resumes when you're creating a self-selecting, a quote unquote self-selecting system for a corporation. So from government institutions to large corporations, actually bottom up, when I say bottom up, I mean HR departments, the lowest levels of hiring the internships, when you talk about the extremely liberal 26-year-olds who are doing the quote-unquote articles at the New York Times, basically about what people said on Twitter, this is actually bottom-up disruption um, rather than a top-down legislation. I'm not not saying it's it's only that, but just to offer the counterpoint that it's not just from the top. uh, I, I think that theory of middle management infiltration Holds a lot of water. Uh, last thought on this. Sorry, a little long-winded first comment. No, not um, at all. Thank you for coming in. So Victor Davis Hansen from the Hoover Institution has an episode recently of his podcast called The Lidless Eye of Progressivism. And the idea there is that being a progressive activist is a full-time job and a full-time identity in a way that for many conservatives or kind of what I consider the conservative center, many of whom don't consider themselves overtly political, is not a full-time job and occupation. It's not a, um, you know, it's not like a team sport. (laughs) People on the opposite side are really into college football versus progressive activism. Um, It's a hobby and a lifestyle that is lidless and works night and day. Um, So there's just one of the frameworks for understanding that uh, the degree to which the low level foot soldiers of these opposing forces, though they're not clearly delineated, um, it's it's asymmetric there are not committed zealots to the same degree on both sides because most people on the right side would like to be left alone
0: uh, thank you very much and I would like to get Brian's uh... Uh, uh, Thoughts on this as well because I'm really trying to center in here trying to find the right target of concern That people are uh, showing today because it isn't as simple as saying like oh We don't want people to have rights or we don't want people to have freedom It's more of like, you know the idea here is like we're afraid of liberalism Leading to a B and C because it's going to lead into this mm-hmm. Slowly, you know up-and-coming control system that will enslave everyone that is the big fear and I don't have an answer here like like how to get out of that or if that's even happening. So I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on it.
6: Sure. And I, I do agree with that uh, that last comment uh, from a, a bad Ascendant. Was that correct? Bad, yeah. Bad, okay. Um, and because I see a lot of the same thing where, um, and, and I see it coming from quote unquote journalists who their lives have not really changed. I mean, they can't go to the market anymore, but they have Grubhub. And they're the ones calling for things that really affect um, the, you know, the gears of this country in terms of like raising certain wages, which would put a lot of small businesses out and and that sort of thing, but different topic to your point. um, Yeah. I look, I, I don't really know if I have an answer. I will say this though, that the more people strive to be X class. And if you, if anyone's familiar with Paul Fussell's book called class, I highly recommend it. Um, I think I think as much. I, I don't. I'm not really that worried about this. You know, total lockdown of, of, of rights and everything. I think it's scary, and I think we need to keep an eye on it. But I'm not worried about it because at the end of the day, we are not we are not China. You know, we we don't come from a history of being locked down that goes back thousands of years. Whenever someone had a bad day. Um, So one thing about Americans is that, you know, everything they get comes in on trucks, everything that they eat uh, comes from a ranch or a farm, Uh, you you know, without these without they can't really lock that down too much. So and I also want to say, too, that, you know, as much as people say, you know, the bodybuildings bad or, you know, that guy's, you know, I've been called an assassin because I'm a private investigator. I I don't know how (laughs) to get those confused. Um, and they find out I was in the intelligence field, they're like, how many people did you kill? I'm like, do you know what intelligence is? Um, but the point is, um, I think they all kind of secretly want it, though. I mean, think about, like, the campaign trail. Think about Biden saying, oh, I'd kick his ass behind the gym and everything. And everyone's like, yeah, everyone likes to be tough, you know. And I, I think everyone's kind of striving for that. Just as, you know, people in, you know, I th- let's say the, the other world. Because uh, I don't want to say the other class, because it's a lot of different things. You know, they they do. Uh, a lot of them are highly intellectual. They just don't wear it on their sleeve. They're amazingly well read. A lot of people I know that, and they just don't wear it on their sleeve. But they they do they do want. A lot of people that I know uh, who shoot guns for sport and cut down trees. They're very 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 intellectual, but they want they 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 hunger for more of that. Um, academic uh, world, just as I think the academic worlds and these kind of people that you see as woke, I I think a lot of them are, I think a lot of these groups are jealous of what the other ones have. And so when I say X class, X class is that rare class that fits into every world. And I think if everyone can get there, um, we won't have half the social issues we have, because everyone will understand each other. And that's why I'm always really advocating, you know, like the knife throwing and the the remote control cars and all this weird stuff that I put on my my feed, I'm, I'm always outside. And I think if people would just get outside more and meet people outside of their comfort zone we wouldn't even have to have this this discussion as enjoyable as it is. So I, I don't know if I even came close to answering well, that question. Well, that's um, kind of
0: like uh, the grill pill in a way. The idea of uh, people not even having political discussions, but just meeting their fucking neighbors, getting to know them, and having some kind of bonds form over time. And that is something that would withstand something like this. Okay.
6: And I, I would say really quickly um, that, like, so I, I spent many, many months over in Oxford Uh, when my wife was working on her last book. Like we went for like three, four months. It was great. I just got to go and I actually got to go to class and learn about America. Um, But um, it was really enjoyable, but I can say, and I just was sucking it up. I was just loving it, surrounded by all these ancient texts and having free access to the whole 27 odd colleges. It was great. Um, but I, I can say almost every academic that I met, even a guy who's like the fourth best mathematician in the world. The first thing he said to me was, hey, I do jujitsu.
0: <laughs> he must have been watching Joe creep. Rogan episodes back in the day. And that was the yeah, uh, you know, gateway.
6: What, what I find is every time I talk to them, I would find myself making sure they knew I knew, mm-hmm. um, you know, the author they were talking about was or the text they were talking about was. And I would notice they would make sure that I knew that they had done something with their hands in the last year. Mm. And so I, I do think everyone's trying to get to that center point. Well, do, do you also think, but, and
0: this but, is this is a, just real quick, this is a theory that I have about the upper managerial class that I'm not sure, Gio, that you agree with it, but I like throwing it out now and again, which is that I still think that there are people within that whole group that understand that there are certain waves that happen and right now, the fashion of the time is, in a lot of these industries, to be more woke than not. So, in a way, what they're doing is they want to make sure that at least they can they can contain it and they can hold it. And the way they can, what's the word, when somebody who's not supposed to goes into uh, subvert it, like being able to go in there, manage it, maintain it, and make sure it doesn't get too crazy. And uh, I. I wager that there are people out there who are in that situation when you get them, you know, have a drink with them. They're not going to be, you know, the same kind of talk, you know, PC talking points like they are at the office, that there would still be a side that they would show where, you know, they understand that this is a situation we're in right now. What, what the hell are you going to do? Like, the best thing we could do is just try and manage this thing. And I wonder how much of it is uh, that, but whether that's going to be enough or if there are going to be people who are so scared that whatever next level is going to be, like whatever slippery slope is, you know, wherever that's going to go, that they're not going to resist, and things that we right now find to be completely normal are going to be seen as uh, horrible, uh, fascistic, uh, you know, put in whatever word you want to hear. But the point is, is that, you know are people going to be brave enough at a certain instance to hold a certain line or at least manage it so that it doesn't get out of hand within this upper managerial class?
6: I would say they just need to have a process and stick to it. Like that's it. Like have a process and stick to it because I think once you say, okay, okay, we're just going to appease Mike or Katie or whomever because they're really offended by this and it's not, if you have a process set up, there's a great book called The Process Matters. It's almost impossible to get sued. And that's the thing. So if you stick to the process and employees sign, uh, you know, when they come into a company and, and I always had this because I worked at major firms like Booz Allen and SAIC and, and we had tons of forms we had to sign and there's a process and it goes both ways. Like if you, are a misogynist asshole at the office, you will get fired because it says it in paragraph four e. And I think when people start getting away from the process, that's a slippery slope because if you break away from your process, you say, well, he didn't really, you know, go counter to the process, but she's very upset or he's very upset. So we're going to fire him. You're going to be firing a lot of people because it, it never stops. I mean, it just, it's like a snowball. It just gets more and more and more. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know that's why I'm always investigate everything, record everything, have a process, write it down. If you just stick to the, and that's why the military, uh, whether you like them or hate them, the military is one of the most efficient machines in the world. Most MBAs base their doctrine off of military doctrine because it works. as a process. There's literally mm. a regulation for wiping your face. You know, but there's a process for everything. So I, I disagree, think-
8: Disagree on that. So so. The military is the least efficient machine because it is a large bureaucratic structure in which the lowest common denominator of competence has to be catered to. So they need to make sure the 18-year-old who barely passed high school doesn't shoot themselves and doesn't blow up their body. Well, so I, I, I would say- Procedure I, in the military mm-hmm. caters to the, not even just the middle of the bell curve, the lower end. It's actually an IQ of 82 below which the military will not take you in. So mm-hmm. the problem there, Have you been in the military? I, I have not.
6: Um, okay. I mean, but- I, and that doesn't matter. It, it's good good observation. I do want to say, though, I think the point, the thing, you're, yes, the I think the bureaucracy that manages the military uh, is what you say, but I, I think it says a lot that you can take that 82 IQ, uh, put that same process, that same SOP in front of them, and they're flying a freaking helicopter in six months. I think there's a lot to be said about this. When I say efficient, I'm talking operationally.
8: Okay, well, but, but, so, but so in the context of the direction that the corporate and professional world's going, for example, like maybe one of the white pills is that as companies turn into decentralized networks of freelancers who operate sheerly on a merit-based, can you deliver and perform work and like get done what needs to be done? You don't even need to be in the, the physical space. We don't even need to see you. It's, uh, it's how hackers work. It's can you break this? If you can break it, you got it. You, you, you got the job. Um, doesn't matter when or how. So as companies move in a direction where it's about can you deliver the work versus are you following procedure, I think that we're actually going to see a downfall of the regimented corporate structure with rules and with that paragraph seven that told you you can't use certain pronouns. Like, I think that the free market is moving away from that kind of superstructure as the way we structure our business world. And and I'm not saying I think the precedent is the military and that that's the old model. Mm-hmm. We're going to move away from that.
6: Well, I, I but I mean, you just, I, and I agree with what you're saying, but that's, um, I'm not talking about like these new things that they're writing in to appease people. I'm talking about the basics. So, like, even in the military, you have to deliver, you have to pass and do so many push ups, for instance, or you can eventually get kicked out of the military. So, you do have to deliver. You do have to meet minimum standards, and it doesn't matter if who you are, what you are, which gender you are, nothing. It does scare me that I see a movement heading towards military where they want to bring in a certain wokeness, and that's not going to be good because it it is you know the best military in history, and it's because there, there's a standard. You don't you don't make it. You don't make it. I, well, my take on.
3: Well, I notice I notice the people that have like the wokest takes that always say like. I, I was in the military and this is why I voted for uh, Kamala Harris. They always let's face it a lot of them are pogues. but that's Oh, by the way, have, 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 have you seen this
6: uh, ha, ha,
0: Have don't. you seen
3: yeah, this article no. over here, soldiers? No, but it just seems the ones that like talk about like uh, like the performative aspect of like oh, I'm in the military but I agree that we should take away all the guns. By the way, vote for uh, by the way AOC stan, it's like I don't know. A lot of them tend to be pogues, but that's hmm. that's not what do, what do you think <laughs> of the high heel uh,
0: situation that happened? And I understand that it was for a good cause as far as like raising awareness for sexual assault. But I don't know, like, I'm not sure if this is the end or if it gets like certain events like that. If it uh, again goes to the whole slippery slope thing, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story. not the uh, army times let's just
8: let's just say it's a stand-in for all of the recent progressive reforms to the military all of which you could consider concerning because they're distracting from any sort of core goal that the military has um because it's just bureaucratic it's uh
6: can someone uh, tell me exactly what it is though sorry to cut you off that yeah go for it lev can you just tell me what it what it is was there a a protest or oh so um, it
0: was a... Uh, okay, so 15 cadets from Temple University participated in a school-sponsored Walk-a-Mile-In-Her-Shoes event during which men stumble through a preset route while sporting high heels as a way to raise awareness for sexual assault victims. So that part is fine with me, like, you know, raising uh, awareness for they're things They're not like really
6: that. military. Uh, they're not. Oh, they're, right, they're, yeah, because they're, they're cadets. cadets. Yeah, yeah. They're, I, they're I, civilians. I, in, in the military, there's a, a strict prohibition against uh we we have a separate set of laws called the ucmj well Uh, the
8: ucmj the ucmj just got updated to include you can now wear nail polish they basically (laughs) loosened loosened restrictions on nail polish and general general like feminine feature enhancements which i couldn't care less about but just the direction like the ucmj is getting reformed in a direction that's not good
6: i mean that's that's not good because of the reason why the military has a prohibition on. Like, for instance, you can't go and um, work for a candidate if you're an active duty person. You can't. Because it shouldn't matter who the president is. You have a job. You follow orders. And I don't want to go into the whole historical where that's a bad thing. That can be a bad thing. But what I am saying is, in the most basic of terms, the reason why that is, is if we have to take that hill, otherwise they're going to put a border up there and blow us all away. If I don't do exactly, just like a football team. If I don't run on the field where I'm supposed to run, the ball's going to fall on the ground. And that's how the military runs. So when we start getting into, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to comment on the nail polish or anything. Trust me, when they are overseas or in the field, they're, they're probably not going to really give a shit about nail polish. They won't have time. And it's just more shit to carry. Um, but it, it does sound to me like, and, and I started seeing this. I got out in 2003 where I started seeing um, people who had come in post stress cards and stuff like that, and mm. and I actually had a soldier report to me, and he said, "You know, where where do we pick up our stress cards?" And I, I just went to the commander because the special forces one of the one places you can fire soldiers and send them back to the regular army, mm. and I just said, "This this person's got to go. They're not going to make it." Here, so mm. that's it. So yeah.
0: and and Alexandra, what do you think of the military?
4: Military. Well, I mean. We need it. We need a military. We need a standing army. Um, you know, people don't understand that the reason why the military budget is so high is because we pay our military personnel a lot more than most other countries do. Um, I think that, uh, you know.
6: You won't offend me. What? <laughs> I, you won't offend me. You can say anything you want.
4: No, I'm not trying to. I, these are my th- genuine thoughts on the military. Yeah. Like, I think as a culture, I mean, it's it's you know, I'm. Uh, it's very boyish. It's very rah rah. You know, like there's not a lot of Jews in the military, so it's sort of out of my it's very boyish experience. What? Get it? It's very boyish.
3: Oh god.
4: Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my god.
3: It
6: well, is. i mean can I say something, and, I, and then I'm not going to keep talking, no, really Alexandra, because sure. you're yeah, talking.
4: Do not research but... <laughs> the, the, um, oh.
6: on the the two things I'll say is that I I hear this I hear this these type of sentiments a lot, and I will say. The military is massive like Mm. there's so many different cultures in the military you can't really say military culture like for instance do you know that um they had a problem on aircraft carriers where i was getting a tour of one and the lieutenant said oh we can't go that way because it was owned by a certain gang and i'm like wow um Um, and the it's massive so it's like the difference in culture just between like my military intelligence detachment and the the guys from the artillery unit right down the street was like night and day. And so uh, the other thing I'll say too, you mentioned not a lot of Jewish people in in the military. Um, no one no one really. Once you're in the military, we had a saying that said we're all green,
4: mm-hmm.
6: and that's that's what we live by. Because uh, yeah, and actually my. And actually, I don't know how many
0: Jewish people are in the military. Like, that was a funny statement, but I would be curious as far as how many Jews are in. And what I do know is that in the USSR, back during World War II, some of the bravest men out there in the field who were the ones who volunteered for the riskiest uh, work which was basically going into the german territory and you know putting up uh, mines and stuff like that like just going out there where the enemy is uh, you know like crawling through the tunnels and all that the people who volunteered to do that hard shit, they were like you know if you'd look at them they'd look like you know skinny like frail jew jewish people and they were the ones who ended up getting the most fucking medals afterwards because they went out there, risked their fucking lives for uh, for, uh, for their country. Hey, love,
3: let's change the topic, Grant, please. Let's, let's. No, no, so no, but, me, this can is can a, I, but this is a very can important I, thing. Can I say, I, can I
6: say very, one thing about sure. that, though? Is like, I, I don't think, you know, really race comes into it because, like, I think it has to do with character on, on the mm. battlefield. Oh, no, I'm not saying um,
4: that the military is a racist institution. I'm not oh, no, no, is, I was, I was responding.
6: People, I was talking I a lot. Yeah
4: growing yeah. up in New York City, where I don't mm-hmm. have any family members in the military, I don't know anybody in the military, and it's not part of, it's not like a culture that I'm very familiar with, and um, just seems very much like out there. It's like, okay, you know, they're, they're recruiting generally from like middle America, um, and, you know, it, it's, I mean, Jordan Peterson said that the military is basically a way uh, for sort of lower class kids to achieve middle class status. Mm. You know, I mean, I had
6: so it just depends Mm. what unit you're talking about. Like a lot of people will I I mean, I had Harvard Harvard grads in my unit that joined the military to get that that loan paid off. Mm -hmm. Um, So and especially after 9-11, you saw a real shift away from that. So I I don't agree. I love Jordan Peterson. I don't agree with that. But again, I I was in a bubble, too. I was in military intelligence where the higher higher IQ people based on these ASVABs for us. He can't get into military intelligence. Uh, I, I really quickly, funny story, because to just lighten the topic a little, one of my best friends in the military was this guy named, uh, his last name was Pius, he is Jewish, and he was a rabbi. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the only Jewish, he was the only rabbi in South Korea every time we deployed there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget it. I said, why do you, he and he was running PT one one time, uh, physical training, we'd take turns. Um, and he started playing uh, prodigies, um, you know, a, a Prodigy song for for uh, P.T. And he got he got pulled into the commander's office. And he said, what the hell are you doing? You're going to offend the, the women in in, in in P.T. because it was um, he was playing Smack My Bishop,' Up. And uh, he said, oh, I thought he was saying Smack My Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Smack the bishop.
0: That's like uh, ch- choke choking oh. the bishop and. <laughs> But but by the way, one thing that I would add here, though, is that I don't see it as a racial or a ethnicity thing. What Mm -hmm. I see it as is there were a lot of Jewish people back in the USSR who were in positions like being clerks, you know, more like nerdy people. And it's interesting that it was the nerdy people. uh, Those were the ones who volunteered for the most dangerous jobs, while the hunks were not the ones that, uh, you know, ended up going out there into the shit as uh, as much. And I wonder if there is something to that where it's like, and again, I don't want to, I know that the human body is a very important thing to develop. And, uh, I am in the presence of a lot of hunky individuals on this stream. And I really appreciate that. But I would say though, that it's exactly, is it something that may go into a person's head at a certain point where it's like, you work so much on the body that you don't even feel like other things need to be, Worked on as far as a uh, bravery in a dire situation yeah, where a person. That's pers- somatic narcissism. It's what?
4: That's somatic narcissism.
0: What is somatic narcissism? Uh, I'm not when, too familiar with that. When you just
4: sort of rely on a fit body to kind of compensate for all your character flaws.
0: Well, that, that well, is an is interesting really spicy, thing. Uh, yes, let's get into it. Points. No, let's get into it. So, Raw Nationalist, is this something that you also see like within the community? And if it is, uh, how can that be fought against? And maybe it isn't. I don't know. Like, uh,
3: Well, it seems to be that's a stereotype. of uh, Yeah.
0: So that's okay. why I don't want to assume that that's the case. But if it is, like, uh, just let us know what's uh, what's going down.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I
1: I think maybe sometimes we do take the post-physique meme a little bit too far maybe and uh, uh, where your response to any kind of uh, any kind of criticism is post your physique with the assumption being that the person making the criticism you know is flabby but um, yeah yeah I mean it's yeah of course of course nar- narcissism is the uh, stalks uh, all our endeavors uh, I think well, the, the, the threat of narcissism stalks all our endeavors mm. Um as far as physical cultivation goes, it has to be in, in uh, service of some greater aim, I think. But um, I mean, it's certainly not something I, w- I would encourage. It's certainly not something I've ever, I, 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 I've never personally just cultivated um, physical prowess uh, in, in any sense, just in its own sake. I and that's not—that's definitely not something I've ever tried to promote either. But yeah, of course, it's of course it's something you see, of course.
6: What are some
0: I, I mean,
1: that- I
6: work out for narcissism because every time a younger guy hits on my really beautiful wife, I, I go to the gym, <laughs> gym immediately. Yeah. Every well, time. That's
0: not just narcissism. I mean,. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But uh, when it comes to other things like around the countryside, are there things that you personally Rogue nationalists like to do to like you know help help people around the neighborhood or become more involved in that? Like because uh, I imagine the countryside, it's it's easier to do than like living in the city where everybody's so isolated from each other. I just don't know like right now with covid if that's kind of precipitated more of an isolation or if there's still a chance to like go out there and uh, help people out.
1: Uh, I I help my elderly neighbours from time to time. Yeah, for sure, I do. I do little nice little things for my elderly neighbours. Um, uh, but at the moment, it's quite difficult. It's very difficult to know. I mean, I, I live in an area that's mostly old people, and uh, it's quite difficult to know really how to how to help them because obviously know, you don't want to expose them to to the risk yeah. of, of catching the virus. I mean, I don't, I personally, I don't sure. care about my own my own. Uh, risk of catching it because I'm I'm probably I couldn't be in a in a less. Well, there
0: know, are like there was a situation lesser. with a friend of ours in Russia who was he was not as young as you are. I mean, I don't know how old you are.
8: Would you
0: would you be able to tell us how old you are or you want to keep that uh keep that on the DL? Uh, uh I'll I'll let you guess. <laughs> uh let's see. Uh th- 30. Uh,
1: you're reasonably warm. Yeah.
3: It's hey, Quentin
8: man. it's Quentin from the book
6: club. All right, we got it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
6: Well, Bri- Brian, how old oh. are you? I am 46. Wow.
3: Oh, I thought you were 36. You're looking good.
6: Thank you so much. Oh. I am sending you some sort of gift. <laughs> and ha-
0: and how do you keep yourself so young looking? Like what is what is your diet like? Cuz we were talking about diet in the beginning of the episode.
6: Honestly, my diet sucks. I mean, I, I just bought some chicken fingers at a gas station cause I forgot to eat breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. and I rarely work out, but uh, honestly, I look, I, I feel like I look younger and healthier now that I've left the nine to five job mm-hmm. and I'm an entrepreneur and, um, I just don't look I'm in a great relationship. We don't, we don't go to sleep angry ever. That's um, great. And I just, I don't have a lot of stress in my life and I, I just, you know i think i've seen just the horrible things that people do to each other whether that's overseas or here in america and it's just life's too short so Mm. i you know i've never been one to complain on a plane when we're going to be late because there's nothing i can do about it so what i I think the the thing the only secret i can say is um you know healthy relationship with my, my kids and my family and um and going outside as much as i can and and just trying to be mindful and i'm i am a very i could be a rageaholic according to to my wife but not not like a physical rageaholic mm. but um you know she's really helped me you know say okay go go find some mindful practice and and you have to do that i mean and it doesn't have to be sitting indian style and listening to your breathing um i i get so bored doing that so i'll go outside not me, and but I- anyway I, well, yeah, but I'd like, I do the I do the Wim Hof method or.
0: where I get like psychedelic visions when I breathe. So that's like a whole different, Yeah,
6: yeah. I mean, well, that okay. I need to figure out how to. I will, I will, I will teach you. I will do some uh, classes. Please do, please do. But I would say my, you know, the biggest thing is, um, for me is I would say having hobbies and when I'm with my like nine year old or with my daughter, um, who's in her twenties, you know, I shut off my phone. I'm not doing work. If the work's not done by Saturday, guess what? It's not going to be done. It doesn't need to be done by Saturday night. I don't care what's on Twitter. I'm with them now. And, you know, I think human contact is a big thing. That's why I'm so against lockdowns. It's yeah. just, I, I think it's great that, that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in an elderly neighborhood, but you're, you're out there talking to people and, and trust me, that's all you need to do to help them is they, you know, they just want to be talked to. Definitely. And, um, even if it's from distance. So I would say human contact, sunlight, um, or fog light. Um, but also all the and, work that uh, you hobbies. put in...
0: Uh, fog light, yeah. When you were in the military, though, do you think, like, all the ringers you had to go through back then end up supporting you now? Like, all the physical exertion that you had to do, it's kind of like, it's paying off dividends uh, in the Yeah, I mean,
6: I, I would say that, but I'd also say, like, even growing up, um, when I was in high school, like, you know, I had I had six brothers, and they would beat the shit out of me until like I got to a certain age, and I had to weightlift just to survive. <laughs> and wow. so I had oh, I had the weeder books, and I had the shakes, and I had all the you know, um, you know, I watched uh, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which I love. You know, it was uh, pumping iron, and uh, I, I think and and the body.
3: I feel builders, like I'm which... coming every time well, I Yes, all of my life. <laughs> so go home, and I'm coming. <Yes. laughs> Yo, <laughs> i mean i think the bodybuilders
6: could
5: speak In to the this gym, more I'm but coming.
6: i would imagine that you know your bone structure is if you're weightlifting at the appropriate age as young as you can but not too young but your bone structure i think is going to naturally get uh, to a point where it can support muscles and i do know when i do hit the gym it comes back really fast mm. so i and then with the military as well i think yeah i mean the military you're always working out like always you're, you're in the gym, you do physical training every morning at seven, you're, you, you're running at least four miles a day, even when you get to your regular unit. And, but I, I think the biggest thing too is you are, you're, you're moving, you're constantly, you're getting things done. That's like, we, we have a lot to do and you know that. So for me it's, and I do find too, I go through spouts when I want to lay on the couch and watch Cobra Kai for like 18 episodes and I heard that was a I good show. Horrible. Like first, first season such is good. A good show, it's uh, such a good show. Talk about a show that really shows the harmony that can happen when classes learn about each other. I think that's what it's all about. But that's another topic. But so, my secret—I I don't know. I mean, happiness, stress-free life, and you know, find that mindful practice that that does it for you. My my right now, it's remote control cars. Traxxas cars are freaking awesome, and I even call it. And Traxxas, the company that makes these cars. I talked to them. They said their sales have gone through the roofs since the pandemic, and their demographic is like upper-middle-class lawyers. Yeah. Well, so there's probably a lot more time to spend
0: with the kids now at home, and uh, this may be like a start of, like, as a white pill for all the people who are listening, what's happening with COVID right now may result, plus with Elon Musk Musk's new uh, space internet. So he has this thing called mm. Starlink where oh, it cool. gets really good uh, reception. Like, it gets, like... Uh, awesome like in the 30s, 40s, 50s even, uh, upload and download. So maybe even more. So imagine people living in more of a rural area, growing their own food, taking care of their kids, and uh, doing work on the internet as well on the side, you know, making money that way as well but still living in such a lifestyle that maybe this could revolutionize everything. Cause we used yeah, to not. So. Yeah. Like yeah. we didn't used to have these office jobs, having to go somewhere, commute, you know, traffic pollution. And then, uh, you know, it's our factory jobs. Like it's all bullshit at the end of the day. Why not? That was it all your, yeah.
3: a conscious. I know I'm getting like Adam Curtis documentary vibe, but like <laughs> that was a conscious effort of social planning in order to like make people more accustomed to city life being, a conglomeration of different peoples that don't have a sort of a rootedness to them, but that was mm. in, in some ways, but now we're seeing how that model was efficient for maybe like what, not even 30 years ago, but now that model is sort of becoming not as efficient to have people drive um, ungodly hours to get to an office stacked uh, yay high with so many people. But, uh, Alexandra, how old are you by the way, if you mind? Because you're getting quite a G- bit of mar- Gio, you're Getting quite a bit of marriage proposals in the chat. So oh, I- Gio, you don't, don't ask know. you don't
0: ask that too. Well, I, I mean Oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, oh look- man, what have you done? Every time every time a feminine comes on the stream, it's
4: just how old am I, guy? Well, what should I say? <laughs> I'm 31.
3: Okay. Now, now we're getting uh, in the chat other uh, feedback. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Just uh, continue. Well, also on. <laughs> they were they were curious about your
0: tattoo. Can you explain where your tattoos or tattoos are?
4: <laughs> okay. Well, they're not super meaningful, honestly. Like they're just fun little designs. My is that a wait? Is that a vampire bat? Got a black little
3: wow.
4: bit. Of heart. Oh my God. Yeah, like sort of the kind of animals I like. Um, it's got a moon, um, this little sort of Durga figure, like sort of. Ooh, I saw Oh, uh, butterfly. Yeah, it's all American traditional. Nice. Wow.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Um, That's some yeah, good ink. Thank you. And I have uh, this beautiful snake. Wow. Uh, I see it. Um, see, this is then, so
0: much. This is so much better than the stupid tattoos of. Uh, I think she's what's her, what's her name?
6: Jealous. You got that big bat up on your shoulder. Now you're the Bat Woman. The flowers exactly. remind me
3: of one of mm-hmm. one of those autobahn illustrations. I think he did some flowers. You know, autobahn, Wait, who who, right? who
0: is the vice president today? Kamala Harris, that's it, or Kamala. Yeah. So Kamala Harris's daughter, she has these dopey-looking millennial adopted tattoos. Uh, yeah, adopted daughter.
3: Aaron, Aaron. I went to
8: school. I went to school with the brother. Uh, I know. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually remember. Her brother uh, is yeah. Went to my college. It was you know an incredibly normal like wealthy Jewish kid at a liberal arts school, and now his dad is the yeah is the husband of Kamala, who is childless. So. Yeah, Kamal's literally his stepmom and that's a, yeah, that's his, wow. um,
3: and now she's on the cover of um, is it Vogue magazine? I I was seeing today people were mogging this uh, photo set she did. She's the top uh, model under 30 now.
8: It's just funny because like she goes she's like a, she's like a Jewish New York art school girl and could mm-hmm. not look more the type for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Well, she's kind of like a Katamari
0: Damashi type design if you're familiar (laughs) with that game. Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: true.
0: And by the way, art
3: school in New York, girl, what? And by the way, Al- mm-hmm.
0: Alexandra, um, what I- what is your uh, day like? Like, I just want to go over, like, before we end the show, uh, f- uh, finishing with a uh, raw nationalist, because he's a cigar well, well, we didn't talk but, uh... about
3: aesthetics yet. We have to talk oh, about... Oh,
0: yes, we yeah. will. Okay, but before that, um, what is your uh, routine like as far as, like, uh, the kind of things you enjoy eating, things of that nature? Because this uh... is also about diet and stuff like that and, okay. you know, f- well, foodstuffs. Um... stuff. <clears throat> my
4: day isn't particularly regimented right now um i'm not currently employed i do do commissions um online if anybody wants to hit me up on twitter uh, i would very much appreciate any business what kind I do of work any traditional um but uh yeah what kind I'm, of work do you do i uh, i'm an artist i do um this is your for, twitter me, right poor Caroso flies again yeah um and uh i uh i'm just sort of starting out as sort of self-employed person. Um, Where
0: can we see your art? Is uh, it online I'm, I, anywhere?
4: Sorry, I was so shy. I'm on Instagram. Um Oh, I'll uh, give you a follow. Yeah, opium underscore lettuce. Um I'm so sorry. I might change the name. I'm sorry. Uh, well, hey but, a
3: professor uh, came out from Harvard that he's uh, microdosing heroin so
4: Oh that, wow! If
3: you saw that, yeah. Well, Gio, you're you, you,
0: you're not the biggest opponent of opium. You remember you like
3: the opium dens. Oh, you, uh... a real opium, not a fentanyl. Uh, that's
4: uh... well, opium lettuce is a real plant, um, and it was used in traditional medicine as an anesthetic. Um, and it's just a name I kind of picked at random because um, I think it's memorable. Um, but I'm not on Instagram, but also just go on my Twitter and you can hit me up there. Um, and I'll post a link and everything. I need to get a bit more organized. I need to launch my website um, that's in the works. So, yeah, if I'm not doing that, I'm generally like, you know, exercise, eat three times a day, uh, run errands, like normal shit. Um, I moved recently, so I'm still setting my room up.
0: Mm. Yeah, Wait, but... Opium Lettuce doesn't have any posts in it right now, right? Am I looking oh, at the no, right no. Not, I saw
4: not... Yeah, it's opium- OPM, OPM- underscore. Dash?
3: you have a you have you did a digital portrait of uh, hannah kimura wow that's are you into joshi wrestling at all
4: um well i just heard her story and i thought mm-hmm. it was tragic and she's so mm-hmm. beautiful and i just wanted to honor her um yeah and um i i i need to post a lot more i'm sorry it's been a bit bare bones lately i just been here's
0: going- the uh here's the Ke- hannah kimura one Oh, man, yeah. see, I, I got to do a screen cap for this. Uh, Instagram is so inhospitable when it comes to sharing content yeah. on other sites. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why they do it. Somebody has to go up to Zuckerberg and, you know, tell uh-huh. them uh, this is not right. But anyway, here it is. Here is the uh fart. Check this out. Beautiful. Thank you. Aww. Look at that. That That well, is that's wonderful really good work.
8: Really good work.
4: Thank you.
0: And uh, when it comes to uh, next, we have uh, Remus what is your lifestyle like as far as uh, you know? A lot of these
2: food um, well,
0: things. Working out. I'm in. I'm I'm in a I'm in a city, um, and you
5: know, with COVID, it's been uh, a little bit more difficult uh, to do basically everything that you would uh, that you would need to do um, in an urban environment to sort of keep uh keep the healthiness up um, i'm trying to uh, get out as much as i possibly can uh go for as so many walks i possibly can uh eating um i'm trying to eat uh i'm trying to keep the diet kind of balanced um with uh you know uh, meats and poultries and um and uh you know uh, a good you know balance of,
6: of just your,
5: your average like greens and and, and potatoes things like that nothing nothing special i don't really go for these um uh extreme diets um but i i i am trying to as much as i can keep up with uh, just getting myself out because the whole isolating yourself inside constantly being mm. in central air that kind of thing it's not it's not good for you you know what i mean and uh you know when, when everything opens up i i know i'm gonna get back into um doing some form of martial art it's been it's been a while since i moved to the states it's been more difficult to find that kind of thing Um, but i think martial arts um i I live in uh i live in the northeast i live in new england um so there are places and there are things but i'm 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 rather particular i'm not going to just walk into any gym um i need i need to know that the guy is legit type thing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna gym bust but it's going to be, it's going to be like, I'm not going to be like, you know, doing a dojo, yeah, kicking over dojos and breaking their sign outside. Oh, um, well, like but, the dojo wars like, in the I'm 70s? Not, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Ryu, but uh, you <laughs> oh. know, I, I do want to, <laughs> I do oh, want to the- know that the person that I'm learning from is legit. So uh, depending wait, on, wait. you know, the thing that you choose. Uh, oh God, she does look like a Katamari. That's crazy.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm telling you.
3: I, I, I heard it, it, someone describe strange. it. Hey very Arnold, check! That's a really great one. Hey <laughs> Arnold, <laughs>
4: check. Okay, so she's clearly her whole yeah. vibe is like she's androgynous and you know not sort of she's, she's usually like, like pretty. She's not like meant to be like a glamour model. She looks like Michael oh. Sarah. <laughs> she, she, yeah like I she's mean, just trying her. to it's be like...
5: Michael <laughs> Sarah awkward.
4: Napoleon, <laughs> it, not animal.
5: calling her. It's it's the style. It's the. Aesthetic. It's an it's offshoot. It's like it's a
3: very poor offshoot of '90s heroin chic. But it's not yeah, exactly Kate Moss. Theme. Yeah, she's kind of
4: close. she How do you pronounce her? Chloe Sheevon. Ch- Chloe, Ch- 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 whatever. Like that. who's in Kids or whatever? Like that. That sort of. Thing. Oh, Chloe Se- S- Seven
2: yeah, seventy. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I, <can roll laughs> yeah. her yeah, I yeah, loved she...
3: her in Boys Don't Cry. By the way, that was a great film. Mm. Even mm-hmm. though I know yeah. it's it's very it's very hard for you know as a trad cat to admit it, but it's good. But myself a hard, is asking
6: hard movie to watch. Yeah, <laughs> very
3: so incredibly. Hard. Hard
4: movie. I watched that when I was thirteen years old, oh, and man. It, yeah, no. But I
0: no, watched Chloe clockwork 70, orange when I was seven years old. So there we go. I got well, everybody she was, beat.
3: She was great in in Brown Bunny, which everyone thinks is terrible. But Vincent Gallo was another based in Red Pilled film artist. Well, that was the movie that had
0: the blow job scene. In yeah, it. yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah. Yes, we and actually. Way, I actually met yeah. her. She's. Mm-hmm. She, I met her.
5: I used to work at um at a movie theater. I met her. She's actually mm-hmm. really cool. Very down to earth person. Very nice. Yeah, I can see um, that. You no. wouldn't consi- You wouldn't expect. Well, once if you know where she's from, you wouldn't consider it if you're from around here. But she um. She's she was actually very normal, which was cool uh, mm-hmm. compared to uh, some of the, uh, the more important people that I've met. She's, yeah, she was rather cool. Um, but I, I did want to say this I, I just briefly before. Um, while I have the, the mic a little bit. I did want to say um, the sort of we were talking about um, masculinity and, and, and how to get out, good outlets out and sort of mindful practice and all of that stuff. And I, I one of the things that I try to push on Twitter, though, I am locked right now because Jack fears me. Um, I, I, I do try to tell people martial arts is an excellent, excellent, excellent outlet for a lot of young, especially young men, because you guys can quote unquote hurt people without actually hurting people. Like you can get that out, get that impulse out the impulse of sometimes you just want to punch somebody. (laughs) <laughs> but you can't just do that you can't do that that's not that's not okay it's not nice that's living really...
3: in authentic that's bad faith existence right yeah. there I would exactly you can't you also. can't
5: do that kind of thing so you so yeah. the, it's a, a good way to get it out and 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 not just that. get it out in an environment where one it's healthy two all of the people are encouraging you to try to get better and three it's it, you're you're in a like-minded environment they're they're this is comradeship, you're all you're all sort of suffering together in the extremely difficult workouts the hurt the pain all of that it comes together to to you know some people kind of are weird and sociopathic and they just like hurting people but those people kind of get weeded out pretty quickly and yeah. you'll very you'll very quickly find uh powerful camaraderie in the people that you're learning from whether it's this doesn't well, matter did you whether watch it's boxing the, uh... whether it's judo whether it's jiu-jitsu whether it doesn't matter what it is yeah. it,
0: and i used to you, take jujitsu jitsu too by the way and we did the yeah. ceremony at the end where everybody would shake each other's hand so uh i definitely get what you're talking about did you ever there. watch yeah, that even...
3: documentary um what was it called? Fighting in the Age of Loneliness. You know that one. Right? Yeah, that's excellent. It's it's, yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful I mean, the piece. guy's it's... a bit of a lib, but like, it's. it's yeah, but it, that's okay. That's
5: that's okay. I, I don't I don't care um if people have different politics. I think the thing about, uh, like the uh, thing
3: about like, the, like like mixed martial arts being a way of temporarily breaking from the mundane. The. Yeah, how dude. How say, it's, the the it, mundane. There's like Mm -hmm. sort of inauthenticity of like capitalist modernity exactly
5: think think about how even though it's prize fighting right think about how Mm -hmm. crazy it is that you can get in a cage and and fight a guy in a way that's like it's super real dog like this is not primal yeah if you get cut if you get cut open the fight's not over if you get if you get rocked the fight's not over the fight is over when the ref says that the fight is over the fight is you may have gotten three concussions by the time he gets to you, like it, it's it's actually dangerous. It's not just especially if you have that um, one
3: ref. What's his name? Uh, yeah,
5: Herb Dean. <laughs> Herb, <laughs> no, no, about <laughs> oh, oh. oh uh, people Mar- Mario Yamasaki. There's a whole bunch of yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of MMA guys that are known for like allowing for way long.
8: For people seeking that out, so I, I have an undefeated amateur MMA record. Um, I've also been had a pretty pretty privileged life. I have no reason that I should be interested in fighting. I have yep. great, great parents, no violence. I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Um I've basically sought that out because um, it makes you feel alive. Makes you, feel like, you like it, alive. son, because
5: um, you like it. When it's you don't, you don't,
8: you don't think about it as like I, I need a masculine output. I'm going to go get into martial arts. It's like right. yeah. kind of like masculinity is like uh, it's like what they say. It's like it's like pornography. Can't explain it, but I know it when I see it. And it's like exactly you go you go you go do jujitsu. You go um, you know you can go train hard at a CrossFit gym be in any hard training environment um you find like-minded people and to the extent that you can escape the bug man existence you know like my first fight i got a message on facebook on a wednesday that said hey we had a dropout can you make 170 for saturday night and i remember looking at the screen on facebook i was working on copywriting and being like well i weighed 178 pounds this morning the hardest part about this will just be saying yes and pressing enter and I'm gonna be fighting on Saturday, and I actually don't have time to freak out about it. Um mm-hmm. and that was you know, I was twenty-one years old, and like that was that was how I could seek out feeling alive and like I was earning something that was my own and exactly. testing myself against a stranger who came out with his entire community and exactly. you know a far and away, greatest night of my life, and I've made a lot more money on other days and you know, done more meaningful things by society standards elsewhere, but uh fighting in oh, the and- center on short notice, greatest experience of my life.
0: Yeah. And, Thad, uh, do you know of this uh, gym, by the way? This is the one that I used to go to, and I highly recommend it, Ronin Athletics.
8: No, man, I don't fucking like New York City. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, by so anyway, the way,
3: the, uh, the referee uh, was uh, Steve Mazzagatti. Now, if you yes, have Mazzagatti... <laughs> Then you might as well just. You, he probably will let you turn into a real death match. Like he could probably Maz- bring in a folding chair and some thumbtacks and that. Masagadi uh,
5: you was know, <laughs> was the guy that that had probably the worst stoppage I've ever seen. Where the guy literally gets knocked out three he gets times the vast, before yeah, the fight ends. Yeah, before it, the right? fight ends. Um, I, I will say this: the, the comment that I would make on on what that <laughs> just said is. Bless I you. I think the, the reason. That you that that that's the greatest night of your life, man. It's because you got the opportunity for a, one one of the few times that many of us will ever get. You got the opportunity to be a savage, son. You got the opportunity mm-hmm. to just go <laughs> fuck it. Let's go. I don't care. I'm just gonna do this crazy thing that's mm-hmm. very reckless. I probably shouldn't be doing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And it gives me the opportunity to attain something that isn't normal in mundane life you 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 are. you are. it's 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 bapian in a way it's you're going you're coming close to the gods man you you're you're climbing the mountain you're going to a place where you probably shouldn't go and doing the things that you probably shouldn't you do, should you, you should victorious. definitely <laughs> yes yeah, and, and you are victorious and you come out victorious even if you lose it doesn't matter you face your fear mm-hmm. right i think that's the, the most, biggest thing
6: if I, i'm not going to cut you cut you off for yeah. too long but i totally that that's what i've been you know we did mixed martial arts in my last two years in the military which was great they're like who wants to volunteer to do that <laughs> yeah and um what I loved about it was not only that it's it's savage, but it's also, it's a thinking man sport. Like people Fuck don't realize yeah, when these guys are on the mat, it it's is. not just brutal. You know, you, there's you, breathing, there's there's energy levels, there's, you know, you're punching them in the face to get them to put their hand up so you can put them into an arm bar. And exactly. what I love about it is, and I'll give you a little mic right back, but one thing I like about it is, you know, I have been in a street fight probably in four or five years, but I like walking down the street, and that great unknown does not exist for me. Like win or lose, I know that I could defend the people I'm with pretty, pretty well. Um, I might lose, but I'm very confident well, the cerebral, in all aspects yeah. of that.
3: Yeah. The cerebral aspect, exactly. I mean, especially nowadays, with like a modern fighter has to memorize so many, like so many different move sets, so many different combinations, you, you of counter, you have to be, yeah. uh,
5: you have to be proficient in like. Yeah. Uh, six different extremely different disciplines like it's, even like jiu like is in... not wrestling is not boxing is not kickboxing mm-hmm. no. is not muay thai is not but they all you have to synthesize all of that and and the thing is is that if you don't somebody's going to kick you in the face like it's mm-hmm. not like if you don't do it you but that's you're just you don't get hired ways...
3: or you, you, you
5: fail at your job it's somebody is going to beat you up but then again,
3: it. like the counterpoint, like the, to play devil's advocate would be at the end of that documentary, the, the black pill was that even the UFC, even mixed martial arts becomes another feature of the yes. culture industry and commodity yes. capitalism, which is now why, it becomes why, a pantomime why? of masculinity it becomes wearing the fucking tap out shirt. And, and going on Reddit yeah, and talking bleed. about the fight yeah, just, stats. Exactly. It instead of actually going to a MMA. gym and
5: doing it. Exactly. It becomes armchair yeah. MMA analyst. It's like people who have actually it, it, yeah, done like, the thing. People who have never been punched in the face are, 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 are making <laughs> well, fun of Conor the McGregor. Equivalent, the equivalent is, in Are you kidding me?
3: Are you world. kidding? The equivalent you, you, like you, being a pro wrestling fan would be like being a smart mark. Say, thinking that, oh, well, they're going to push... They're gonna push Kota Ibushi this this year. Don't worry about it's like you know what I mean. It's the same. It's like being a smart mark, but with uh, MMA. Yeah, you. you it's being a Redditor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
5: being a Redditor. It's turning it into a Reddit thing. It's like, bro. But, I, mean, no, this... I
3: think
6: that's okay to have the fanboys out there. I mean, I. Yes. I, I yeah. Ryan, yes, but, because you, you, but you don't want to. You know. You but, okay, that. but this is this is
5: this is what I would say. This, this and I'll, I'll end here. This is what I would say. Is the is the fear? Okay. Is the problem mm-hmm. is? It, you know how karate is now, where karate is almost like a meme. He's like, we all know what a McDojo is. Everybody has, <laughs> yeah. uh, understands what that means. Everybody understands no. there's some some guy who can't really do the thing that he's black belt claiming that he can do is teaching people. And this mm-hmm. this is what happens oh, when you shit, don't gatekeep yeah. properly, when the thing doesn't become real anymore, right? Is so that you right. get MMA gyms run by clowns who are just allowing brain damage to happen to young people. That's yeah, all they're that's doing, true. right? So it, it, the Pratty... You need people who are legit. That's what I'm talking about. Definitely. Legit practitioners, people who understand what they're doing, people who actually care about discipline, what it means, what it's about, why you learn. You don't learn to beat people up. You learn to defend yourself. You learn to banish <laughs> fear. So that is exactly what you said. When you walk down the street, you're, you know, we all know. Anybody who's fought knows, it's a, cha- it's a, it's a dice roll, son. You could go, you could go. Lights out. By accident, you don't even know what happened, right? They could punch you. They could knock you out on a punch they didn't even throw on purpose, right? It just happens. But mm-hmm. you know that you don't have to be afraid. You understand what it is when these things come together. When the mm-hmm. violence happens, you know what to do. You're more That's competent, you're more on. confident. And therefore, that is what masculinity is about. It's about being prepared for the worst, but not acting like a fucking asshole all the time. <laughs> not, not being a piece of shit. And hurting people around you but being prepared if necessary to do what needs to be done and in a situation of violence right you know i don't want to hurt people yo but if you're going to hurt my family i'm going to snap your every limb on your body Mm -hmm. and that's the end of the conversation i'm not even i'm not even asking you it's well as a certain
3: italian philosopher said neither pleasure nor pain should factor into what in doing what needs to be done so
5: exactly it's about (laughs) it's about understanding what how this works and what needs to be done as a result right that that and the confidence that comes with that that's the only reason that I would recommend this particular Absolutely. discipline to, to young men is because it's it's know. constructive
6: and it it teaches you what you need to learn and when you guys who have trained and and fought I, I don't know if you've had this experience but I will never forget the first time I walked down the street and I started seeing circles and angles as I walked by people yeah. that looked you know like oh, yeah. I'm I'm seeing five different moves like if he does this and it's uh, just this really cool it's kind of like when rain man comes down or like the that's the rain man that, it's like you're you're seeing you're playing it out in slow motion. that's exactly
5: what it feels like all of a sudden you can measure people completely differently exactly what they they're they're no longer a person walking down the street they're a they're a bundle of physical mechanics that you understand better mm-hmm. you know how you know how like oh that guy's got nothing he's a, he's got a limp he doesn't even know how to walk properly like he can't he not he doesn't control his his weight in a way that's efficient he doesn't actually know how. this is the difference between people who don't know how to fight and people who do they have the eye Mm -hmm. right you can if you if you like i would i love to do this i would go to a bar with my friends to watch mma and i would we would just listen to the people around Mm -hmm. right and the things that they would say and it's so revealing the way people's like you're such a moron like you have no idea what you're talking about at all and you're speaking with such cl- like like you're so confident you're talking to like all these people around you dude i'm telling you if he just did and i'm sitting there like this guy doesn't even understand the minds he doesn't even understand the brain aspect of this never mind the body like you if you don't understand how how frightening it is to do like like, when people were confused as to why Conor looked scared when he got cracked the first time by by Dustin Poirier not too long ago, okay? Because Conor McGregor understands in that moment, in the moment where the, where the knuckles are hitting him in the jaw, all of a sudden, he, all of the shit that he talked... Everything that he's done up to this point, the, all of the, all of the, 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 the fucking watches and the and the boats and the whiskey and the and the shoes and the suits and all of that flashed in front of his eyes, and he realized this kid that is kicking my ass right now—he never got out of the gym, he never stopped—and I have been talking all this game. I'm the, I'm on top of the world. I have nothing but to lose, like. I, I will I will lose so much in this moment, and no one has ever seen me get knocked out in this cage before. I've never had those... There's never been clips of me huddled on the ground under, standing underneath a guy who just knocked me up before. That's never happened. And all of a sudden, those things are all real. His worst nightmare is becoming reality, and the worst part is because he's rocked, there's nothing he can do about it. Of course he looked afraid. So to mm-hmm. hear people... to To, to hear people... Uh, I get it. It's banter. They're making fun of the guy, but that kind of talk is constant in these situations. And I know full well, that these are the type of people that if you slap them too hard, they'll cry. Yeah. Well, They're that's, not, I mean, they,
6: it's classic you know what I mean? All bark, no bite. Like we used to say in, in uh, first group, we used to say, cause we, we'd have people in the military that I call them the I'm gunna's like, I'm going to go to ranger school. I'm going to go to airborne school. And exactly. They never go. But we used to say, uh, the soldier that beats his chest the loudest has the least
5: to say. Exactly, and the person who's the quietest is the one that you should be the most worried about because he's studying you. He is watching you. Mm-hmm. He knows all the shot he- callers in it-
3: the pen. We're always these the smallest, quietest guys, right?
5: It- it- exactly, man. It's it. That's that. So these they teach. It teaches you to be humble. It teaches you to understand your target. It teaches you to, understand, to know your enemy. It teaches you who you are Humble as a person. country
3: way. You, mm-hmm.
5: you, you, you find out if you're a coward or not. And if you're a coward, bro, it's okay. Most men are cowards. It's okay to want to run. It's okay to not want to get hit in the face. It takes, it takes a certain type of guy to get punched in the face and go, yes, man, I have another. That's weird. Okay, that's not normal. Please, like sir, pit,
0: may I have one more? Seriously, that's like pitbull. Um, hey, we haven't. Well, we, yeah, we gotta go to the aesthetics. We gotta go
3: yes. to the. No, aesthetics. but also other panelists. Yes. We haven't heard from raw Egg and Alexandria. Oh and yes. Wow. Yes.
0: Mm. yes, yes,
5: mm. I, I so, will. I will. I know. I know. You get, I know we no, missed you. Get I will, it. I will.
0: end Well, we also haven't heard from from Morgan as well. Morgan's been quiet as a saint this whole time. So I want to go to uh Morgan. Can you also tell us in brief about your system throughout the day, like what you, uh, how you prefer to weed and work out and stuff like that. Morgan, I mean, yeah,
7: it's been, yeah, it's been tough for me because I, at the beginning of November, I fractured my collarbone right by the acromon joint. Mm. So training's been out for a while. Um, but you know, whenever I started to be able to actually do stuff again, it was a lot of like body weight and like light, light lightweight work stuff. Um, But a lot of the training recently has just been a lot of, like, overlooked aspects, which I think, um, Roy, if you could even, like, look into this yourself, or not look into it for yourself necessarily, but it's something to talk about, is these overlooked aspects of training, like, rotational strength, anti-flexion strength, like, these aspects of, like, the core and the trunk that, like, we talk about a lot, like, in sports science and things like that but aren't talked about in like a sort of meaningful way in fitness. These are foundational to transitory strength that takes on a whole different meaning, like pushing on, like doing isolateral pushing on a standing, uh, on a standing plane from a cable hits everything so much differently than say like a lying bench press or a dumbbell press or whatever. Um, but as far as, like, and stuff goes, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm not a very hard to figure out, man. I do some type of meat. It's different now that it's Lent, but I do some type of meat, sautéed spinach, uh, onions, tomatoes, and garlic. That's pretty much my day in, day out. And then I, I have started doing the egg shakes as well. But, like, it, it's honestly, my rule of thumb goes – if it's made of real food, I'll eat it. Like mm. if I'm going to have, if I'm going to have like, you know, for example, for fat Tuesday, I'd homemade blueberry cobbler with, uh, Edie's ice cream. And the reason I chose Edie's is because it's, you know, I took a look at the ingredients label. It's like mm. cream, milk, eggs, you know, I thought it was
0: Eddie's, you know, but, uh,
7: go on. I, I don't know. I just kind of go with whatever, <clears throat> but you know, if it's made out of real food and I don't need to whip out my organic chemistry knowledge to read the label and guess what it's made of, then it's like, I consider it pretty safe for eating and I have no problem like going on with it in that regard. Um, But, you know, like to talk about like some of the aspects of strength that people overlook with, you know, all of this other stuff, I think it is important because it's, it's what separates out like, you know, um, the strength that everybody trains for in the gym versus strength that outs bodily longevity or, um, you know, like Like something like yoga to learn the hard way was just like being something like yoga, but even stuff like, even stuff like isolateral, like isolateral, like hoisting, like picking up a kettlebell with one hand and pressing it overhead or holding something overhead and walking with it, doing like a suitcase carry, like all of these ways that you can train your body to stabilize under that. And then body weight motion itself. Like one of the things that we see a lot of is like, you got these guys who are like 35, 40, 45, that can't even like, you know, get like squat down onto the, like down to the, their ankles. And it's like, you know, it's a big fear of mine. like to you know, one day wake up of mm. my own volition and not have the capability, if I need to, to like get on my knees to go under my car without blowing a gasket in my own head. Well, is,
0: the, is there an exercise um, uh, to test for longevity where you sit cross-legged and then you go get up without using your arms? Like, would that be a I good think, measure? Yeah, I've of... heard
7: that one before. Or another one is uh, Hindu squats. Like if you can squat down onto the balls of your feet and really like get up from that position, it tests the strength of the patellar tendons in the knee. And a lot of people, like a lot of the injuries we've seen recently has been people with bad patellar tendons, not being able to perform up to the weights that they're handling. And we've just seen people's knees completely explode because of this. So it's now, now weird, when, when like, you're
0: doing the Hindu squat, by the way, do you have to make sure that the knees don't go over the legs when you're going down?
7: No, that's that's the whole point. You want your knees to go over your toes. Mm,
0: okay, you want not avoid it.
7: Of that movement. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I you mean, want the fulcrum of yeah. that movement to be on the knee. But that's why it's True. body weight only. You never load up on a Hindu on a Hindu squat.
0: Yeah. So how many, how it, many would be considered a good, a good kind of test of, uh, ones? I don't know. Like how many would you say it's worth say, to, a...
7: I would say just for pure mobility, like just as a, to set up a baseline for yourself, see if you can do 10, you know, yeah, well. if you can do 10 consistently, like you, you, you're on a, if you're serious about pursuing fitness, 10 is a good baseline to say like, okay, well I can at least move my body in this train of plane of motion. So I'm not, li- I don't have to limit myself because of my knees in this way necessarily. And then you can build off of that from there.
0: Excellent. Now, as but far as, whole... go on.
7: I was about to say, there's a whole lot of other things that you could like work this out with, like, you know, doing overhead press training, um, instead of flat bench training or stuff like that. Like, there's a whole lot of different ways that we've really stopped looking at training that is really detrimental to our performance in life um, in a bunch of different ways. But, you know, what were you gonna ask?
0: Uh, I was going to ask as far as uh, these kind of exercises go, I know that uh, Gio, you've been working on the bands recently and I'm really uh, happy that you uh, started on that road. And, uh, I don't know like how much you would, <laughs> I don't know how much you would want to talk about that aspect of it. Like, uh, getting better in fitness and yeah, improving.
3: Yeah. It's like, it's difficult that my position to, um, when you get started, but no, I guess, yeah, that, that would probably be a good, um, people that aren't used to like working out or physical fitness. Like what is the best, um. People uh, like what is the best way to sort of uh, acclimatize yourself, especially at like the uh, large, put it this way, the larger end of the uh, walking,
7: walking full stop. Like it's better, it's it's better to
5: listen to a new person. Sorry, go ahead.
7: No, no, you're good. Um, Uh, it's 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 important. Because walking is something that we don't do hardly at all anymore. And it's like, I learned this the hard way because I've, in my years of training, I've been, I was, prior to my injury, i had been training for about 10 years. And I never did cardio. I hated doing cardio. I hate running. It's not my cup of tea. But I did find that if I just pursued walking instead, then I actually had an enjoyable form of cardio that wasn't like, it was demanding, but not like exhaustively demanding. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I would do these uphill walks that would be, um, you know, it would put stress on my calves and put stress on my heart. And it was a great way for me to burn off the extra calories to condition my heart for something a little bit more intensive rather than just sets of eight reps and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Ramus, go ahead with what you were going to say, because I'm I'm curious as Mm. to what you had to throw. Uh, I've got uh, to go.
1: I've got to go. Sorry, lads.
0: Well, okay. Rog Nationalist, before before you go, I just wanted to number one promote your uh, magazine Thank once you. again. So, guys, Thank please you. go to uh, Rog Nationalist Twitter right now. Mm. I am lo- I am lo- loading it up, and it was just an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And Likewise. I wish you the very best for uh, for th- for the future of this magazine, and I hope that Thank it you. keeps on growing, Great and we get to have more more of these amazing conversations. Thank so, you. here is the magazine over here, and w- one more question. Uh, what would you leave people with who are aspiring to get into fitness, to get into even drinking like these raw egg things? Like, do you start from seven? I mean, I had uh, seven eggs today with the raw half That's and good. half and the um and the um. Well, I'm not going to get into the whole thing right now. But what would be your recommendation to people who want to kind of like Geo, like start getting into a lot of these uh, different things? Walking is definitely one. Would you recommend anything else for people to get started?
1: Uh, I think I think it's important to be patient. That's what I would say is just stick with it. Like, you're not going to see results in one day or one week, but you'll start to see results in a month. And you'll definitely definitely see results in a year if you stick with it. So start small, make small changes to your life and build incrementally.
0: And before you go, one other thing that I'm gonna do after you leave is I am going to, and I did this before on the stream, do some calf raises. And I'm curious mm-hmm. how many how many calf raises do you think I can do? As a bet, I mean, I want to put money on this, and I'm not, I'm not what was sure. Was the if last people...
3: time 200? Was that the yeah? Last was
0: 200? 200... No, 500. I think it was 500. The last was it time five... was 500. Yeah, 500.
5: Oh, the first time so it was 400. See... The second time it was 500.
0: So let's see if I can up the ante this time. How how many you think I can do?
1: Uh, five hundred.
0: Five hundred. Okay. I'm say five hundred and one. Five hundred. Oh man, nobody says six hundred and sixty-six. Okay, fine. I'm gonna do five hundred then. a good Christian stream.
3: 777. <laughs> seven, 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 do that. Seven hundred and seventy. Yes. yes. Leva, okay. I have to go as well.
0: All right, well, Brian, thank you so much for coming in. I really hey, appreciate great it. a
6: conversation. I followed Absolutely. everyone. Please follow me back. I want to talk to more of you. And by the way, if uh, once I figure out who you are, you <laughs> background check you, Um certainly, <laughs> oh, uh, certainly would love to get – I was talking a well, lot about this. There's I think some someone, the country.
3: someone did call you a glow-in-the-dark in the – Chat so. What's, what oh. is the glow in the dark? Oh no, oh, Hugh, no! You've opened the you've opened no, the Pandora's well. box.
0: We'll,
6: ex- uh, we'll I mean, explain that on Twitter. You're a Fed. <laughs> I'm not a Fed. No private That's what a fed investigator. Private. I was a That's Fed. A fed would say. <laughs> oh god, I always yeah, get that. You get were to trained not feds trained anyway. anymore. That.
8: That's how it works.
6: Yeah, no, not a Fed. <laughs> Definitely not a Fed. Um, I, I'd have I'd have worse oh. shoes if I was a Fed um but anyways yeah so uh, thank you everyone um and love i just wanted to really say we were talking about personal liberties earlier um, um i just want to promote uh my w- what my wife does and i do some of this with her but she's really out front in breaking down these bills as they're going through um through her site dailyclout.io and um this great great youtube channel on there um and, uh, you know, if you want to find out what's going through, like, they, they're promoting all these things that are just great. And she's really good at just dissecting them and saying, yeah, but did you know this? And did you know this? And this is going to cost this much. So I highly, well, highly recommend it.
0: Well, this is Daily Cloud right now, the site. Where do I go specifically for your wife's work so people can uh, take a look um, at it?
6: If you look at I sent you a message further down. There's a YouTube uh, link there. Or you could go to dailycloud.io and just click on the YouTube uh, The uh button what do you call it you know button whatever um and then uh, I'm yeah. i I'm, look, I'm looking
0: right now so you sent me a link in the message here oh here um, we I go see, I see the youtube yeah. yes perfect so these uh so can you say a little bit about these videos what are these videos on this channel over here then
6: uh so for instance like if um for, you know let's say a bill is going through to ban you know uh public gatherings. She really breaks that down into, well, this is driven by this and this is happening here. This is what you need to be aware of. Or there's a great bill on, let's say, climate change, and everyone's really happy about that. But then all of a sudden you read the fine print and it says, yeah, but only these people can get these contracts and we're going to redirect all of your taxpayer money to this. And she really is just really good at, at pulling these apart piece by piece and talking you through them. And she has a lot of great guests from every walk of life, um i'm sure she'd love to talk to a lot of the people on this this channel um now that would be
0: amazing Bre- break very, breaking down the walls this is perfect
6: yeah i've told her all about you guys so um you yeah, know please if you would uh, check it out um you may agree or disagree but it's it's a uh, transpartisan site um so Beautiful. she's not she's not taking a, a side she's she's being very objective so uh, hopefully, you'll check that out, and um, I sent already sent the link to my YouTube, which is me throwing things, playing with remote control cars, and chasing bears out of my backyard and so,
0: And I am going to promote that as well. Let me just see if I could find that. I see the outclo iCloud stuff over here. Um, Where is your YouTube?
6: Because I'm not seeing that. My YouTube is here. Think. I don't have, like, a cool... Um... And guys, while, while
0: this gap of time is happening, don't forget to subscribe right now. All the people who are watching, look at the wonderful guests that we have here. You know, we have Brian O'Shea, who uh, is not a Fed right now, was a Fed, was in the military, is a private investigator, and he was talking to the Raw Egg Nationalists. Where else are you going to get content Which like this, so people? Cool. Yeah. Where else? This is what we do. This is what we fucking do, okay? Nobody else does this. So you better subscribe and you better become a patron as well. So go to patreon.com. So first over here, investigate everything with Brian O'Shea. I'm going to promote the hell out of this. Here we go. Investigate everything. Go here right now. Subscribe subscribe to Brian O'Shea right now and look at all his beautiful work and again patreon.com slash break the rules I cannot stress this enough people we need to grow and we will keep growing thanks to your help I am loading up sticky notes right now because that is where the patreon.com link is all the sticky notes open at once doesn't matter here patreon.com slash break the rules go here right now become a patron you're gonna get all kinds of beautiful stuff I'm not gonna go down the list right now but eventually I'm going to formulate the patreon contest that we're going to have where like people who reach a certain number of referred patrons are going to get a uh, free 50 dollars patronage
3: um i also have a paypal link now so it'll be videos and and go and read my article in i am 1776 and go and buy raw egg nationalist cookbook yes Please go and buy yes maybe you could zoom in uh Contains within her some of the secrets of raw nationalism and esoteric movement of self-realization that has set the Anon bodybuilder community ablaze. Uh, So (laughs) there you go. Please go and buy our good friend raw nationalist cookbook. It has a lot of gems in it. Actually, he has a great steak recipe that I tried. Mm. It's pretty good.
0: Oh, and the ice cream is amazing. I made ice cream using his recipe. Mm -hmm. All it is is you take an egg. And you mix up the whites, you mix up the yellows, then you put in some, I put in some Indian jaggery, but you can use maple syrup, and uh, you put in cream as well in there. And that's it. Those are all the ingredients. You put that in the, uh, you put that in the freezer, it comes out. It is so delicious. And I think it's great for you too. So there we go. So, guys, I think this is pretty much the end. You know what? I'm not going to do the calf raises tomorrow. I'm going to work on the legs. This is it. This is the end of the stream. <laughs> I appreciate bye. everybody. Bye, Alexandra, nice follow, man, please come follow again, everybody. Alexandra. Follow Thad. Follow everybody. So I am ending the stream right now. Thank you night, so much. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, thank subscribe, you. subscribe, hey subscribe. subscribe. Bye. Bye-bye. Here we go.